Blog Talk Radio. In much less detail, the podcast where we cut through the noise and give you your NFL breakdown in much less detail. Here are your hosts, Jay and Dre. Yeah, I know what time it is. It is time for In Much Less Detail, the podcast. Here with you live on a Friday night, January the 11th, 2019. I'm Dre, he's Jay, and one of us deserves to talk a lot right now, a lot more than the other, because one of us went 4-0, and picking games against the spread last week for Wild Card Weekend, and the other one of us went 1-3. Who cares about a big regular season, big percentage, 560 winning percentage? Who cares about all of that? We could just sweep the playoffs and make money winning every single game, picking the playoff games. So, Jay, the floor is all yours to crow and gloat about a perfect 4-0 start to the playoffs this year. Well, while nothing would give me more pleasure than to, to rub it in completely about the 4-0, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty funny that I didn't actually feel that great about my picks. I, I was stewing it all week, you know, and I was talking about – my picks with my coworkers, I was stewing all week about, oh my God, I can't believe I'm taking all four underdogs. I can't believe I'm taking all four underdogs. And then by the end of Sunday, I'm like, I took all four underdogs. <laughs> yes. It, it worked. It, it worked beautifully. Um, so yeah, you know, I, I, I took a what, 13 and a 13.6 point deficit and almost cut it in half in one week, which we, we joked about on the last show, but that doesn't happen. Nah, right. that, that can't happen, especially on wild that. card weekend. Traditionally, not my weekend. So, um, wild card weekend for me is usually the the survive weekend. So, uh, we're down to the divisional round where I feel even less confident in my picks uh, than I felt in the wild card round. So that must mean you're in trouble. It does because divisional round or conference semifinals, as I like to call it, that's really your week because. There's been some years, there's many years where you were sweeping that week. There was a stretch yeah. about two or three years in a row, I want to say, where you swept the, the divisional round weekend. So, yeah, I should really be scared of this weekend. Yeah, we had we had a few seasons where you were ahead of me at the end of the regular season, and then after the divisional round, it was all but over. Right. <laughs> Everything but the crying was over uh, by the end of the divisional round. So, so we'll see how this goes. Um, no, I'm not going to give away any of my picks. Uh, I guess we'll, we'll, we can start talking about the four games that we had this last weekend. Uh, I, I've got a sense. I know where you want to start. I, I don't even. Uh, you know, I, boy, it was I, the game you were the most sure of, right? We hardly talked about it. Of course. It. Of course. The motherfucking. Um, the game where I just, yeah, that this is no, no no problem. No sweat. This is the best defense in the playoffs. The defense wins championships. All the trends say to take the uh, elite defense over the elite offense. And as Nick Foles is with, with bad ribs going against Khalil Mack, yeah, there's no contest. There's no way Chicago's going to lose this game uh, to Philadelphia. Uh, they're not, not only not going to lose, they're going to cover six and a half easily. Ugh. Uh, yeah, and I and I didn't go back and listen to the show. I intended to do that on my drive into work today, of course, which I didn't make. Um, 
you know, between my me uh, still fighting my my cold from last week and my son who missed a whole week of school uh, this week with with being sick, uh, which is the you know not not a fun week around here in in the household. So meant to go back and listen, but I know I know we joked sort of tongue in cheek either in the last show or if you within the last few shows about your boy Cody Parkey. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I I know we joked. Um, you know, because it almost had that feeling like, y'all better not come down to this. And of course it was the old, you know, the thing that you stand behind and thump your chest about the most on this show, the, the ice, the kicker, it works. <laughs> and, you know, I, it, it does. you defend it, 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 defend it to the last man and it, it worked. What I don't still know, even after watching the replay about a thousand times, is yeah. how much of an effect of tipping that kick did did it really have? Uh, I mean, yeah, that's that's almost like the Bruder film territory. Exactly. When, when exactly. you're trying to go, you know, speed it up, slow it down. Does the ball's trajectory change at all? Does the ball actually gain a little extra height? And maybe that hangs it up in the wind. Uh, so I went and I brought on our guest, uh, this forensic scientist. From, no, I'm kidding. I, I did not go through all that. Um, that would be <laughs> like you. <laughs> to, to verify and, and possibly ease my mind as to why that kick uh, hit the upright again. Um, no, it's, the, the kick has such velocity to it that it's hard to imagine that a, a digit altered it uh, really in any significant way. I think just, I just think Cody Parkey has a knack for hitting the motherfucking upright and it, it's a skill and he needs to find a way to market that skill. Maybe he can go tour the, the talk shows and uh, just kick balls off of uprights from instances as a, as a prick. It's something that he's very good at it and, and I hope he can make a career out of it. Just never again in a bears uniform. If I have anything to say about it. The, the only thing that would have made now, obviously this is not Blair Walsh territory. Uh, I, I still think the Blair Walsh miss was uh, exponentially worse just from a football standpoint, considering he was about 20 yards closer. Um, right, from a football standpoint, yeah. From a football yeah, not from a fandom standpoint, obviously. You, you you enjoyed the Blair Walsh miss, I'm sure, from a from a fandom standpoint, but from, you know, being a Bears fan, this one... This this one hurts. Uh, I mean, I had I had the pick all sewn up, so it was just a matter of okay, who's going to move on here? Because I I had the Bears, you know, winning. I, I thought that was going to. I think I was in that seventeen fourteen seventeen thirteen kind of range. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it, it was you know, in a couple of the games this last weekend, even though I didn't have the exact outcome, I was pretty close on the overall sort of like you know score. You know, I had said twenty six twenty two in the Seattle. Um. Dallas game, I was only off by a couple of points there, but I had Seattle winning versus uh, versus Dallas winning, and I had the Bears winning versus the Eagles, but it was both of those uh, were enough to keep it within the spread for me. And yeah, it's it's a tough it's a tough way to go home when you you know you have that you have that number one defense, and now uh, the Bears, you know, after giving up that fourth down touchdown pass, um, very late was about a minute to go, march right down the field, you know, great return. A uh, couple of, you know, a couple of real nice ballsy Mitch Trubisky throws, you know, showed a little guts, a little leadership yeah. and gets the gets them down there, does exactly what he's supposed to do. And Cody Parkey hits it off. The, other. the only thing that would have made it better is if he would have hit both uprights and the crossbar. 
<laughs> he tried. Motherfucker tried to bounce it off of one upright onto the crossbar, back across to the other uh, upright. He, he was trying every trick in the book there. Um, yeah, uh, Trubisky, uh, one of uh, three young first-time playoff quarterbacks to uh, the start and, and fail last weekend. All the young quarterbacks failed to cover the spread, uh, although Dak Prescott did all he could to cover it, and, and we'll get to that game. And so, and talk about <laughs> that was the cheap one. I will say that that was, oh. the, that was the cheap cover uh, because of the Sebastian Janikowski injury. All-time cheap cover there. That was cheap. Uh, I, I fully admit that, hey, sometimes when you go 4-0 in a weekend – you get it. You got. You know, the only way to go undefeated on picks, you got to get a cheap one, right? You do this to me all the time. A lot of luck involved in all these picks. No doubt. Yeah. Now the the other three, I felt you know the other three were were rock solid. The Chargers held their you know took care of their business. The Eagles kept that close, and the Colts did pretty much exactly what we both the one we agreed on what we thought they would do to the Texans. Now I was looking and trying to figure out for the life of me why all these. Uh, elite defenses went down in flames and, and completely bucked the trend that's been going on the last few years. Uh, doesn't matter how great your offense is. Once you get in the playoffs, it's all about the defense. Well, uh, those defenses that have been winning the last few years, most of them have not had first-time, very young quarterbacks uh, making their, their first playoff starts. Chicago's first playoff start for Mitch Trubisky, and you see how that turned out. Uh, Baltimore's first start with Lamar, that was a Abject disaster. Uh, on Washington, for Houston, that wasn't all that much better than what Lamar Jackson did, to be honest. Uh, the best of three, and he had balls that were complete trash and should have been picked off, just total misthrows in the wrong area and undercut, and like he didn't see the defenders at all. So he had his moments as well of, of showing his youth, uh, and yet he had his moments of uh, balling out, as you were just talking about, and showing uh, some moxie and some uh, – I broke into my Gruden there. He's got moxie. Uh, but, yeah, he, he had some very impressive throws and, and really did lead the, the, the sort of the game-winning drive uh, and if Chicago's defense does what they're supposed to do against Nick Foles coming back, then they, they take that game home. They don't, they still don't cover the spread. I, I get that. I was r- completely wrong about that. The Eagles competed. Nick Foles competed. Nick Foles was, was awesome. Uh, I did not think he was going to be able to make any long throws, not just with the ribs, but because he shouldn't have time with Khalil Mack and Akeem Hicks breathing out his neck all game, but they, they made time. The Eagles blocked up for him and, and Foles executed is another uh, you know, St. Nicholas game, you know, Nick Foles, once again, delivering uh, happiness and joy to everybody in Philadelphia. What I was probably most impressed with in that game was the Philly uh, defensive backs who were mostly second and third stringers. And that's really uh, part of what I was banking on was that Philadelphia's uh, secondary and pass defense numbers have been trending so terribly because they've had such a huge rash of injuries as the season went on. And they, they stepped up. They, uh, uh, they had Avante Maddox step up and make some plays. Um, and Chicago made an adjustment on him and started double moving him to death because he was jumping up and, and making some big plays on him. So they sort of adjusted to the adjustment in mid-game. But the other DBs came through for, uh, for Philadelphia. Rajul Douglas making some plays. All these guys that really aren't starters – but had to step it, step up and be starters in the last half of the season with all these injuries. Uh, they they came through. They made the plays when they had to. In the end, I know Trubisky still went for 300, but uh, could have been a lot a lot more. Could have 
had a lot more uh, offense, could have had enough points to cover the spread, but uh, the Eagles DBs actually uh, made the difference, I believe, in the game. Yeah, and you know the miss and the, the the double doink field goal wasn't the most bizarre play of the game. We had some more referee shenanigans. No, always <laughs> the the thirty yard incompletion, thirty yard completion incompletion uh, that just completely mystifies me. Um, the the play up the was that Anthony Miller who caught it ran like three steps up the field and then gets stripped. But because the refs called it incomplete, everybody kind of gave up on the play. So when, even though he fumbled, the ref picks up the ball. So they just go back to the incomplete call. Forget about the fact that he actually caught it. I did not know that that was a a rule. I think they, no, I think they made that one up as they (laughs) went along. I don't know if there's an actual rule or if there is somebody wrote it this week so that they could plaster it up on a screen and go, Oh, see rules, something, <laughs> something, subsection paragraph C. Um, now I can understand why there was no clear completion. You have the referees all waving the play off. Right. So the players aren't going to start diving after a football that's, you know, 10 yards away from the closest player when the refs are waving the ball, you know, waving the play off and, the closest person to the play is the ref who just walks over casually and picks up the ball. So from that standpoint, I I guess you kind of just go back to the call on the field since nobody truly got a a free chance to, to fall on the loose ball, but it doesn't negate the fact that it was obviously a catch. (laughs) Yeah. Or you can call it what it was, which is a catch. Correct. And ignore the fact that it was a fumble because of the fact that nobody picked up the fumble. I'm guessing because if a ref walks over and picks up the ball, it's now a dead ball. Is that any different than the ball getting fumbled out of bounds? Exactly. That's exactly it. So that that felt felt made up. It didn't get a lot of play because, you know, well, Cody Parkey. And, Mm -hmm. you know, the Bears had the chance. Even without that play, the Bears had the chance to win. Um, but no, it was, it was a good game. I mean, it was one of those, you know, we had a lot of lower scoring games, a lot of defensive games, and it was still an amazing, it's amazing that you don't have to have 54 to 51 to have good football. That Chargers Ravens game was probably my favorite game of the weekend, uh, to watch just from being a football fan standpoint, because of the scheme that Anthony Lynn and that Chargers defense pulled off against Lamar Jackson after getting pretty much run out of the building by them uh, the few weeks before and losing to them pretty embarrassingly to, to go to a seven defensive back strategy just to completely negate the running factor of the Ravens. And, and, and of course you're daring him to beat you throwing the football, which he couldn't do, even though they're going to still talk about, well, you know, oh, he, had a, he had an amazing fourth quarter. The Chargers were playing the Preventure garbage from winning speed. That, that was, was complete garbage, garbage time. Um, I expected at the open of the fourth quarter, they talked about it in the broadcast, that would have been your time to go to Joe, Joe Flacco, but John Harbaugh was basically saying, no, nope, he's a goner. Yeah, I mean, Flacco was uh, was hurt. He didn't lose the job because he was yeah. bad, even though he was not very good. He, he initially lost it because he was hurt. So if you cared about your uh, Super Bowl MVP and, and franchise quarterback, Joe Flacco, if you gave a damn about him, you would have put him after he came off the list. Because you don't care about him because you moved to Lamar Jackson. So, yeah, no, they weren't going to put him back in because this is our guy and we're going to ride with our guy. And, no, there was, I didn't think there was any chance they were going to put Flacco in. 
uh, even though maybe they should have. Uh, but no, this is, <laughs> yeah, that's why he was my X Factor. See, uh huh. No, this is just you make when you're the guy on top, like John Harbaugh, and you have to decide: Do I want to go back to the old guy and and the guy that put my job at risk? And all these rumors are going around that I was on the hot seat uh, because of the way this guy was playing, or this kid, the flash in the pan that I put him in, and oh, look, we win all these games and we completely change our strategy and mm-hmm. our, our franchise philosophy and whatnot. Am I going to just yank him in this first playoff game and put that doubt in his mind and, and, and put all the doubt in everyone else's mind? No, I'm going to make it seem like this is a fresh start. This is It wouldn't be fair to, to fire me now because we've got this kid and he's just starting his journey and he needs all the, the time in the world to develop and I'm going to stick with this kid for as, as long as it takes. That's really no different than the guy that has the the wife, the older wife, and looks at the younger thing and goes, "Yeah, I, I think my future is brighter if I go with the younger thing because you know it just <laughs> just feels better." Just stick with this. I'm not going to go bag. Yeah, I, I think there was almost a fear factor with with John Harbaugh there. Not that I can dive into the psychology of an NFL coach, but. It was a feel. I got the feeling that they couldn't go back to Flacco even if he wanted to. And I think he wanted to, but the fear factor is what if I put in Flacco and we he win well? and he does well? What what does that do to the narrative? What does that do to Lamar Jackson? You know, what does that do to Joe Flacco, you know, with his demands or, you know, now now how do we tell the whole team and the city and everything, well, we're going to get rid of Joe, you know, our Super Bowl winning quarterback, it just just let him ride the pine, just let him rot. <laughs> We're going, and he's going down with this ship, and he just kind of stood there with the stoic look on his face, the very defined look. Joe Flacco's putting on his helmet every drive; he's warming up. He was ready to go in the game, and and the, and, and the, all the success that Lamar Jackson had in the fourth quarter was completely fabricated. Yeah, the, the Chargers completely. did not do anything in the first in the fourth quarter the way they were doing. It wasn't like Lamar Jackson figured it out. No, it really wasn't. Um, and and to be fair, if you really do believe in Lamar Jackson as John Harbaugh appears to do, that is the right move is to stick with him because going forward, you got the playoff experience. You got this bad taste in his mouth, but you got that game out of the way. You didn't yank him in the middle of it. You didn't deflate his ego, which some guys, you know, you do that and you never get him back. Uh, so if you really do think this is the guy, then yeah, you do stick with him all the way and you do ride him. So I, I, I'm not trying to be, uh, when I make the, the old bag comparison, I'm not saying that it was the wrong move or anything like that. I'm, I'm just making a very crass observation, which is what I want to do. Oh, sure. No, but it, but it makes sense. He wanted he wanted the shiny new toy, and this is the future. And Joe Flacco is the past, and we're sort of killing the past here, and we're moving on. And whether Joe Flacco could have actually affected the outcome of that game was secondary, which as a, the football coach's job is to try to win football games, is a little bit at odds with that. But it did feel it did feel defiant watching the game. You know, I was I was home on Sunday sort of cooped up. Um, you know, we had my son being so sick last weekend, we you know, pretty much the house was on lockdown. So I was basically just, you know, up in the bedroom um, watching the game. And uh, my kids kept taking turns coming in there and, and, and kind of hopping on the bed and watching the game with me. 
and, uh, and leave for a little bit. And then my daughter, my daughter actually watched the most. She wanted to know like who was what team and what was the score and who was I rooting for to win. So whoever I was rooting for to win, she would root for to win too. Um, yes. No, my daughter's, you know, the, the cute factor, right? I mean, of course. Wouldn't expect so, anything else from the cute factor. I was, so she was, she was very supportive of her dad and all of his picks for the weekend. <laughs> Hey, it's always good to be on the side of a winner. She couldn't have been supportive of Uncle Andre. That's true. Uncle she Andre definitely sucked. bandwagon jumped for that one week. That's why <laughs> it's, it's, it's hard for me, it's hard for me to, to, to rub it in too much. I mean, it feels good. And, and yes, it makes what we're doing a lot more competitive uh, going into the last three weeks. Um, you know, at this point, it's like, well, I don't want to waste it. But then also you're looking at it from the standpoint like, no, I can't lose this. I, I, I can't. I, I can't go into the playoffs with a you know thirteen and a half point lead and, and lose it. So w- w- you know, it's still not easy. I, I mean, I did a lot of work. <laughs> you know, that that could be you know a lot of work that might not be enough. But at, at yeah, least it makes it. At least it makes you sweat just a little. Uh, you you say cutting a, a six point lead in the first weekend of the playoffs. You say that makes it more competitive, huh? Boy, howdy. Uh huh. Um. But yeah, back to the uh, yeah my one my uh, one win per weekend strategy. Um, <laughs> you took three. <laughs> just decided, well, what the hell, you know? I was gonna I just just, just drop a four and zero. Now I, I I was actually thinking about what did that do to you for your your picks contest. I, I didn't get uh, uh, I, I caught I got caught from behind for uh, someone's got uh, uh, two two people are tied with me in the win column now. I got caught, okay. uh, but I was up. I think I was up one going into the wild card weekend, so I only lost one game technically. So uh, it, it okay. didn't, uh, the people that could have really blown me away and caught all the way up uh, were not able to do that. For, uh, number one, and one reason for that is actually that, uh, as I say, these spreads are not always the same uh, across the board. That uh, Dallas uh, bullshit with the uh, with the Seahawks that was only a two point spread. So that was only okay, a push so, fight. So there was there, yeah. So that was kind of push territory there. So I I didn't lose that. Not only did I not lose that, but at least one or two people that were close to me in the standings had uh, uh, Seattle. Uh, they actually had Seattle plus one and a half. So they lost Ooh. the pick. Wow. So you now I will say. I know you're the Bears fan, so you're going to probably disagree with me, but I actually found that Seattle performance the most maddeningly frustrating performance of the weekend because yeah. Russell Wilson could get anything he wanted anytime he wanted through the air. But they just wouldn't let him do it. They're running pounds, all about the run. I did, I did not understand. As, as soon as they needed throws, he made every single one. <laughs> Just how they cover the fucking spread. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I uh, I, I understand they why even, they, they got the lead. They even got the lead late. Yeah. Throwing yeah. themselves completely back into the game. Exactly what you described. Russell Wilson, uh, not a lot of attempts, but a ridiculously high yards per attempt. I mean, you looked at the numbers for the game. It was right there in line with everything that you you kind of spelled out. And the Seahawks, I, I it was right there for them. Um, but by mm-hmm. virtue of their kicker getting hurt on a, a long field goal attempt at halftime, it forces the Seahawks to go for two on their two late touchdowns, and then they get both of them to make it a two-point loss and give me the, the 
one of the cheapest playoff covers possibly ever that we've had. On that's show. one of the cheapest covers ever. Don't shortchange yourself, pal. That's one of the cheap covers <laughs> oh, that's ever. Beyond Only... just that. So no caveats on that? No no playoff no, cheap cover? Just, that's just an all-timer? Only because the fat-ass kicker pulled yep. his hammy trying to kick the ball. First of all, you know My you're... My X-Factor. My X-Factor, <laughs> fat-ass kicker, gets hurt and gives me the win? I call that an X-Factor win. <laughs> You know you're too fat to kick when you pull your hammy. Your oh, he he didn't do anything extraordinary. He was trying to kick a field goal. That's all he was doing. Mm-hmm. And yanks his and yanks his hammy off the bone. Get, get out of here. Uh, so too bad. Great great career. Great job. First round pick. You, you made yourself worth it, but you, you're too fat to kick now. Get out. Uh, he made millions. That's the only dollars. reason they covered. Millions. The only reason. When they the got the last touchdown and got the two point conversion, I believe that made it twenty four twenty two. And I'm just like no. And I'm and no. I'm doing the and I've got the Ted DiBiase laugh going on because oh man oh my god that's yeah. awesome. I even texted you right away I mean I knew I knew it wasn't one of those where I was like, oh, that's one. <laughs> one of those that makes you glad you're not gambling you're you're not really putting <laughs> money on this stuff because I would have possibly committed some domestic violence that night I would have been so pissed. Yeah, I don't know what a four-team parlay would have paid out. Um, probably pretty mm. good, sitting on yeah. all four dogs. Would have paid out a lot better if I was betting those money line. Oh. Um, but yeah, the, the I wasn't I wasn't right uh... straight up on the money line on uh, several of those games. So I actually did a lot better against the spread than I did in the actual who's going to win and lose the games. Right, Seattle uh, not win, but of course got the right. cheap cover. To, but the Clippers uh, money line, and, and especially mm-hmm. Philadelphia, it's a six point dog, six and a half point dog. So but I had them losing. Nice. I actually thought the Eagles were. Oh going yeah, to that's lose. true. I just didn't think they were going to cover the big number. I thought they were going to cover the. I thought the number was too big. Yeah, well, and, and it turned out you were right. Um, um, yeah, Seattle, Dallas. It wasn't easy running for either team uh, in the beginning, anyway. Uh, but but Dallas persevered ultimately. Seattle had some weird play calls too. They uh, they had Russ running on third and two, uh, running in circles before having his throw batted down. At one point, I remember that one. That was I was just like, what is he doing? Uh, they had Chris Carson destroyed on a screen for an eight yard loss at one point. Uh, they had Russ uh, blitzed and sacked on a third down play. It, it was not. Uh, it was not a good night for the for the Seahawks play calling, and uh, Russ did really make some big throws as, as you were talking about. But Seattle would in drives on third down, Dallas blitzes. Uh, they would do this run run pass thing. It was very predictable, uh, and yeah. and it's their game. It's how they got to where they are. So I understand that. But uh, is that sustainable? I was listening to the uh, Pro Football Focus podcast. Uh, recapping the game and they were asking you know and I, I guess I'll ask you is that is that even something you can do in today's NFL is, is the run run pass that's how we you know, used to watch football is how it used to be three yards in a cloud of dust and all that but uh, in today's NFL is, yeah. is, is that even possible well no I mean think of how many times okay so in just recent history on this show the the run on first down run on second down oh shit get sacked on third down or run for your life on third down who, who? There were two teams I've torched pretty hard on this show in even just the last year. Neither outcome was good. Uh, I, I made a career on this show of torching Mike McCarthy for that, right? Yep. 
And I believe we destroyed, absolutely, utterly destroyed the Jacksonville Jaguars for losing an oh. AFC Championship game that way. God, with a lead. God. Absolutely turtled in the third, fourth quarter of that game at New England with one-yard run, one-yard run, Blake Bortles incomplete pass. It's not how you win football games. And Mike McCarthy, that was his offense. Yeah, it seemed to be. And, and did not did it not seem like Aaron Rodgers a lot of those times was checking out and was like, okay, there's a play call. Fuck that. This is what we're going to do. Yeah, or he, he would just gonna work. Or, or or he knew it was a BS call and he would just stand at the line and get try to get the other team to jump so he could throw it forty yards deep and get a <laughs> uh, defensive pass interference call or something. And then when teams stopped, you know, when that stopped working, their offense was they had no offense. There you go. I'm gonna go green eighteen five times if I get somebody to jump, or else we're just gonna <laughs> sit here. Exactly. So no. You are correct. That is just, you know, because you just bring that up as an example, and I'm just thinking through, like, okay, I know we just we just absolutely crushed teams for that sort of lack of offensive inspiration and uh, creativity. There's nothing, there's nothing that says that you can't have a drive or, you know, or, or, or do that once in a while. There's nothing that ever is going to say a run-run-pass combo will never work. But that can't be your primary offense. That can't be Not every, every time. The Seahawks had one late in that game where it was run, run, run. And, like, the, the last run was on, like, third and 12. <laughs> it's like, what are they doing out there? Yeah. yeah. Um, I understand all everything about having an identity. But, again, you're also trying to win football games. And they were in that game. It was a winnable game for the Seahawks. The the, the the Cowboys did not dominate them. No, they didn't. Uh, and, and Ezekiel Elliott uh, coming through late, he didn't just break down Seattle uh, late running the ball. He was a big uh, sort of pressure release weapon for Dak Prescott as a receiver as well. And that's that, that dual threat thing that Seattle just doesn't have right now. They, they got to number one in the league with Chris Carson running the football, yeah. which is great, but they, what they need even more so than that is, is somebody that can serve as, as an intermediate weapon for Russell Wilson so that he doesn't have to go all, you know, deep balls and, and bombs to Tyler Lockett. It seems to be all he has right now in, in the passing game. But exactly the reason why I picked the Seahawks to keep that close, I actually had them to win the game, was Ezekiel Elliott in that game plan disappears for some really odd stretches. And yep, when, got, got going slow. And when it looks like you're at that point where that's all they need is to just feed Ezekiel Elliott and have him bowl over the other team, Jason Garrett's got to get cute and play with his toys. And all of a sudden you got some incomplete passes and, you know, and then the offense or the holding calls. And now the offense just completely loses its rhythm and you're, and they let, they let Seattle hang around that game. They did. They could have uh, run my... on them anytime they wanted. Me being the biggest Dak Prescott critic in the world, uh, so it's a mixed bag. Uh, he had some real big throws, and he had some obvious yeah. underthrows and bad throws. He had the, the end zone interception to KJ Wright. You, you just you can't do that. You just can't do that. No, um, <laughs> no. You know, they so, got the right. Team. They got a good matchup. They got the right team. They got the home game. They won their division. The Seahawks were clearly it was a six seed. It was a three six matchup. It's exactly what you what you should get. And that that cheap ass cover, I, I can't even. I 
Oh, I can't get over that. But you know what? I, I've had so many cheap covers uh, throughout the years. I guess I can't go on too much about that. But that that's in the pantheon right there. It's not a two-point swing either as far as our picks go. That's a four-point swing. Uh, you know, that, that's the difference between you being two and two and me being three and one and only picking up the two points on you and you still have an all. It still followed my strategy. I still would have been happy. That's why when it got to that Bears-Eagles game, I was like, oh, I've already accomplished what I wanted to, knowing, knowing I was up one on you for the weekend. It's like I got every – now it's like, okay, don't get greedy. And they, I got that covered, no, too. You, but you got that. That's a four St. Point. Nicholas that's a four uh, gave you another swing. gift. That's, <laughs> that's the difference from an 11-point to a 7-point deficit right there. So the first game of Wild Card Weekend, the game that doesn't really need much to be yeah, talked sort of about. we in reverse was, order here. <laughs> Yeah, we did. Um, it is DeAndre Hopkins and, and Deshaun Watson and the, the Houston Texans just laying a complete egg at home against the Indianapolis Colts. It was uh, Texans for the rest of us, and, and the Texans uh, come up short. They'll be in line yet again next year to have the Saturday 4.30 Eastern playoff. They win that once again, but uh, they didn't advance. Uh, didn't advance the franchise at all. They may have won the division. They may have won, went on a very long win streak and, and overcome an 0-3 start and all that stuff. So that's they can hang their head on that. But as far as uh, being too much closer to a Super Bowl, I don't think they're any closer after uh, this, this past weekend. But, no, but it was the more of the same from the Colts. It was Andrew Luck making some good throws, getting enough from his running game, and that sort of unheralded, no-name kind of defense stepping up again. Uh, best, Deshaun defense in the league. best defense in the league since week seven. I saw that stat. I almost fell out of my chair. <laughs> I know it's the Colts for God's sake. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Watson sub, but Houston's defense, I, I think is what put Houston behind the eight ball by just letting Andrew Luck and, and the Colts go up and down the field. And it just, there's no way you can come back when you're getting, you know, the first two drives or touchdowns and your yeah. uh, offense is, is so reliant on one player, if, if, the, if Watson can't get it to DeAndre Hopkins and he has really nothing else going for him, uh, and, yeah. you know, you're already losing and now you got to go through the air and they're, already, and they're covering up your best target, yeah. you really don't have anything to do. So, so the guy who uh, I work with who's very uh, heavy into, you know, sort of like, you know, sports betting, and, and really pays attention to a lot of the money lines and, you know, over-unders and first half this. It blows me away how, how detailed this stuff can get. I'm sure you know. Um, I'm, I'm very, very aware. <laughs> very aware. Uh, walks up to me right as that game was about to start, and this is the conversation. He walks up to me and goes, you really buying this that Indy's going to try to establish the run? My response, <laughs> not if they want to win. <laughs> And wouldn't boom. you know, Andrew Luck just goes down the field, boom, bang, boom, zoom, pass, 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 and well, fourteen nothing, just like that. And that's why I think we were both all over the Colts. We didn't see that Titans pressure, or the Texans pressure. I'm sorry, getting home. Andrew Luck made them pay, and the game plan for the Colts and Frank Reich. Uh, did not have a lot to do with the running game. That running game got established fairly late when it was lock it down time. Which is the, the right one, which drive. is the, sort of the, the new NFL. 
you can add zones to do both, and that's that's of course what you want. But uh, and they, they did that on the second drive. They went through the air and killed them in the first drive, and then they said, okay, now we've established that. Now let's kill you on the ground in the second drive. Uh, and just they just had their way with, with the Texans defense and and the Colts defense that you were talking about has been uh, the best in football statistically. Uh, just eliminating. DeAndre Hopkins as a weapon, uh, like yeah. I said, I put Watson in a, in a no-win situation. There's nothing he can do about that. Yeah, Kiki Kute tried to to make some plays. Uh, the Texans' running game they they need to they need to do something. Uh, they they that rushing attack for the for the Texans just isn't very inspired. I mean, uh, was that Lamar Miller still? I like Lamar Miller around back there. Yeah. yeah. I liked Lamar Miller four or five years ago. <laughs> I'm gonna say he's he's had better this days. Isn't, this isn't Dolphins Lamar Miller. No. This is he, like he's had better days. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it, you'd think that they'd want to probably move on there or explore some options there. Uh they're not gonna be drafting real high, you know, they're 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 still picking somewhere around twenty uh when all is said and done. But uh, you can pick up uh, you can pick up starting and running backs in the NFL in the fifth round now it seems like so don't be shocked to see the Texans uh, try to go out and score a running back or uh, or two somewhere mid to late rounds in the draft to try to shore up that rushing attack because you got to take some of the pressure off of um whoa off of Deshaun Watson sorry yeah blanked on his name there. I was going to call him Wilkins. Yeah. So <laughs> head's a little fuzzy. I, I've got, I'm like hopped up on halls and airborne and Excedrin migraine and tea. I don't know what this combination is doing to me. You're doing, doing well. You're doing better than I thought you would when you talked about how sick you were. I'm hanging in there. I'm hanging in yeah. there. I always have the handy cough button. So you don't actually, have, I haven't actually coughed a lot since the show started, you know, in that half hour before the show, I had uh, my wife calling up to me from downstairs, like, you sure you don't want to take some cough medicine? I'm like, no, nah, I'll be okay. I have my, my sort of like my, my bevy of warm liquids around here. So I, you know, I pounded like, you know, two big glasses of tea and had some hot airborne in a, in a cup. So yeah, I'm 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 surviving. We still got a ways to go yet, but I'm I'm, I'm hanging in there. You're doing awesome for a, a two-hour talk show with no commercial breaks. So uh, I'll I'll try to fill in and help you out. Yeah, as I don't know I how can. it's going to be like a half hour, forty-five <laughs> minutes from now with all all the stuff I've been drinking. I, you know, there may be a maybe a, you may have to hold on to the fort for a minute. Point <laughs> 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 in the show, but so far I'm doing okay. Actually, I don't think I'm going to need to get up and go uh, during the show because I think I'm sweating off right now <laughs> all of the all of the liquids I'm taking in. And I, had, I turned the heat down in the house, and I am just cooking right now. I hope that's a good thing, that your fever is breaking and you're starting yeah, to get, usually, get over yeah, everything. Yeah, usually when you're not feeling good, sweat is a good thing. Yeah. It's not like that uh, cold, the, clammy, you know, like, you know, you know, oh, the no. shakes or something. Yeah, yeah no, no. This, is, this is like the feel like I've been working out kind of sweat and I'm not and I'm not moving, which is even <laughs> even better. Although I'm rocking in my chair. That cold, clammy sweat is what I had after I got back from Vegas. I don't oh. know what that I, I don't know what I caught out there. That was that was That's the worst. Like, I got the goop. Uh, yeah, the Texans pressure was uh, ineffective. That was the big thing that I was worried about that J.J. Watt and company would get to luck, but luck did a great job of moving around the pocket and getting away from all that. And just need to give props to T.Y. Hilton. 
coming up huge again, hobbling around. You know, he's not 100%, but he's still making plays. That's what he does to the Texans. And it's even more impressive running routes in a clown mask. I don't know how he was able to pull that off, but uh, he was able to do that. Uh, so yeah, yeah, that was the, one of your concerns was the health of T.Y. Hilton, and he, he looked okay. He, he That's what he's been doing the last four or five weeks. He's been – Now he gets the just, Chiefs secondary. <laughs> yeah. The whistle does what he does, and then the whistle stops. He kind of hobbles back to the to the huddle. He's yeah. clearly clearly battling it, but, but battling through. Yeah. I don't want to make any bold predictions here, but if T.Y. Hilton gets hurt against the Chiefs secondary, it's going to be a non-contact injury. <laughs> yeah, the Chiefs exactly the physical. Uh, I love that. That back, they grab and hold. They will grab a hold of you. Uh, oh, they, yeah. they do <laughs> to stop you from running completely by them. Yes, they're they're pretty good at that. Uh, so yeah, that's what's coming up the divisional round. Conference semifinals, uh, very odd that they sort of slot they they slotted every single team uh, from the wild card weekend in the exact same time slot. Did you? I don't know if you had noticed that, but the Colts played that early game Saturday last week, and then they're playing the early game again. The Cowboys played the Saturday night primetime game, getting that big rating. They're going to do that again on the road this time. The uh, Clippers had to go out east noon on Sunday, uh, one o'clock Eastern time, and they got they got to do that again. Goals uh, in the weekend, the world uh, last chance to defend your title, and they pulled it off last weekend against Chicago. And now they get a chance to do it against uh, New Orleans. So uh, there's there's strategy to everything with the NFL. Uh, so I just found that very curious that they slotted every single team. I think just for ratings purposes or whatever. I think this is this is exactly like the perfect order that they would want uh, these teams to be slotted in. You know, and all but these games are all. I mean, we got what we. You know what we deserve. Four, these are four good games. These are four compelling matchups. All the press all week are trying to tell you that these games could go either way. I do feel like there's a lot of a lot of up in the air on these games. It shows up in my picks. Uh, you know, some, there's a lot of hype for underdogs, which is that's also been the trend in the NFL over the last few years with the, just the crazy amount of underdog wins during the first couple of rounds of the playoffs. Well, then the funny thing, though, is as you get late into the playoffs, it's chalk. Usually, yes. Where your Super Bowl matchups a lot over the last 10 years have been a lot of ones and twos and you know, not, not as many wild cards um, lately sneaking through you've you've had a lot of chalk once you get past this round of the playoffs and even though we may have some chalk wins that doesn't mean that we won't have some underdog covers which is going to be really interesting that's true and just for possible upsets and and straight up victories for those underdogs as well though these chalk teams uh depending on who you hold significant holes that you can see them possibly going down. Uh, one team, of course, oh, I'm yeah. going to say is, is doesn't really have too many holes because that's the team that I picked to win it all before the season began. But those other teams, you can look at them and say, yeah, I, I'm not so sure about uh, some of these teams that are that are, that are at the top here. Uh, and especially when I'm looking at that uh, trend of the young uh, first-time playoff starting quarterbacks that went down in flames last weekend, yeah. and what do I, what do you see in the very first uh, 
playoff game this weekend is a young quarterback making his first ever playoff start. Here we go again. We'll get to all those picks coming up in a second. I will give the plugs right here. You are listening live to blogtalkradio.com slash in much less detail. That's the only place to listen to this show live. Uh, all our picks are going to be up on our blog when we're through with the show. Our blog site is in much less detail.blogspot.com. Follow Jason on Twitter at IMLDJTG. Follow me on Twitter at IMLDDre. Email the show with any questions or comments at any time. Send that to InMuchLessDetail at gmail.com. And I told you where to listen to the show live, but there's a podcast version of each and every episode that's a little bit longer than the live version because we go just a little bit longer after the live version is over uh, or a lot longer depending on how much we have to talk about. And to listen to the show as a podcast, there's many different ways to do that. You can come back here to the live show page and search through the archives. You can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, uh, any number of different podcasting apps, including TuneIn, Mixcloud, Player.fm, all the usual places that you can go to find podcasts. And when you find us, subscribe, and every show that we do will come to you as a podcast, the podcast version, not just the live version, but the after show as well. So with all of that, it's time to get to the, what I call the conference semifinals or the divisional round weekend. This conference semis just makes more sense to me because I'm weird that way, but yeah, four games that uh, should be interesting. Uh, don't, I don't think I have any uh, real blowouts here. I think my biggest uh, victory in, in my Points when I add up is is twelve. I only I got a oh, team winning by okay. twelve, and that's the biggest. So I, I guess I agree with uh, most people who say this should be a tight weekend of, of football. Let me see here. I have the biggest. Yeah, my biggest uh, is thirteen. So oh. okay. Interestingly, you have a, a game that's decided by twelve. I have one that's decided by thirteen. And Don't think we're going to do what we did with uh, Indy and Houston last week. If you remember, we both had Indy by the exact same score of 31-24. And, we did. Uh, that, we did. That did, not, that did not come through, but that's only because Indy didn't need 34 at all. <laughs> if they if they did, I think they would have got it. But uh, anyway, Indy is back in that early role <laughs> for the divisional round, which starts tomorrow. And it will be the Indianapolis Colts at – Ten and six now eleven and six going on the road again. They knocked off one divisional champ in the Houston Texans, and now they get another divisional champ, the number one seed in the AFC. Andy Reid's twelve and four Kansas City Chiefs, who were seven and one at home. Indy was four and four on the road, now five and four after last weekend. Minor uh, injury news: uh, Mike Mitchell, our favorite back on for different reasons. Uh, had played a pretty big role for the uh, Colts in their backfield, but he hurt his calf last weekend, got put on injured reserve, so he's done for the playoffs. Uh, for Kansas City, their defensive back that can't stay on the field, Eric Berry, uh, with his heel. Uh, here's a shocker. He might play and he might not. Stunner, right? He's a game-time decision for yeah. tomorrow. So we've been waiting on Eric Berry all year, it feels like. But anyway, uh, those surprising Colts and Andrew Luck, our five-point underdogs at the surprising Pat Mahomes, the first-time playoff starter, and the upstart Kansas City Chiefs. Jason, who you got? 
Yeah, and most everything that I've seen, uh, the suspicion is that Eric Berry is not going to go. And even if he does go, how effective is he going to be? I mean, does he show up for the first drive and then he's out in the tent for the rest of the game? You know, I, I wouldn't count on Eric Berry. And that's a shame because the Chiefs, I think, could really use him. This feels like the kind of game to me that could there could be some points in bunches. It's funny, though, because when I picked the, the final score of the game, um, and I have it as a, as a relatively high-scoring game. I realized I was still on the underside. So take that for what you will, that I, I have this as a high-scoring game and a close high-scoring game, and it's still on the underside. That tells you how high they think this game could potentially go. So I'll get to that when I give you the, when I give you the final score. But this, is the, this feels like the kind of game to me that you're going to see points in bunches and points in runs. I don't think that this is going to be a situation like we're going to have where somebody gets up 14 nothing or 10 nothing or 17-5, you know, 17-3, and it feels like the game is over. Because I think with, you know, with one way or the other, you're going to have the Chiefs' defense is so bad that if the Chiefs are up, they're going to let Andrew Luck pretty much at will throw the ball down the field on them and get them back into the game. And I think the Patrick Mahomes and that Kansas City uh, passing attack, uh, which, is, which is so dangerous, especially now that they don't have the running game to rely on. It's going to be throw, throw, throw. It's going to be the arm of Patrick Mahomes, for good or for bad, you know, uh, dynamic plays. But then he may also throw some some picks, you know. They might be 50-yard, you know, interceptions where it basically end up being like punts. But there's going to be a lot of that back and forth. Kansas City considerably better, always better at home. I think defensively, even as bad as that defense is, they're just a little better at home. Um, that showed up when I was looking through some of the players uh, trying to figure out my X factor. Um, the, just even the home road splits just for certain aspects of that defense, whether it's uh, pass defense or rushing the quarterback, just a, you know that extra little extra they get from that home crowd. And Arrowhead is – one of I probably what top five in the league for home field. Um, they're going to be ready, uh, you know, unless unless the Colts just come out. Maybe number two or three, yeah. Yeah, unless the Colts come out and just completely silence them early, which is possible. I don't think that the crowd's ever going to truly be out of the game. Um, with that all being said, I am going to take the points. So I've got the Colts and was it be five, right? You said five. Mm-hmm. I've got the Colts and five. I have the Chiefs, though. I'm getting cute here. I've got the Chiefs oh. winning 29-27 Ooh. on some uh, on some late heroics uh, from Patrick Mahomes. I don't know what I don't know what it's going to be, but it's going to be something we've never seen before. Is it going? I don't know. I don't know if it's going to be a left-handed pass or a, a no-look throw or you know one of his uh, you know goal-to-goal. <laughs> throws uh <laughs> just something 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 big uh to get them in a position to win that game i do i think the chiefs survive i know that's not the popular pick i know there's a lot of people riding the riding the colts here is the upset on the money line but i'm gonna still take the colts and the points so i'm protected in case that happens and i'm looking at uh I'm looking at d ford linebacker for the chiefs uh to sort of be my x factor here at 13 sacks for the year, but he had nine of them at home. Mm. And with the crowd going, and if the Chiefs have any kind of a lead late, 
you know, maybe pin those years back and get Justin Houston and oh god, that that that, that kid that had a sack in like ten straight games. His name was Jones. Yep, Chris Jones. Uh, escaped me. His name escaped me there for a minute. But I'm looking, you know, D Ford coming out of the linebacker position. If he can get a sack or two late in that game, maybe to ice that thing. I'm looking for him in that pass rush, which we don't talk about much for the Chiefs, but they can generate a little bit of pass rush. They're going to need that if they're going to make up for all the deficiencies in that secondary. I think you named about the only thing that Mahomes hasn't done yet is roll left, throw right with his left hand across the field, no look uh, from his own from his own five and get it past midfield. I think that's about yeah. all that's left for him. Yeah, I, th- I, th- I think the most clutch throw – deep like that that I've ever seen is still going to be the the Joe Flacco throw. Uh, was that Jacoby Jones? Was that the one that oh. beat, the one that beat, beat Denver? The, Broncos. the one that beat Denver up in Mile High when it was just like no chance. The don't let him get behind you play. Um, it, it could be something like that where he just throws that thing out there and you got Tyreek Hill or somebody gets behind that that cold secondary where you just don't think that he can throw it that far and and he does it i i could see a few there's going to be some wow moments in this game but i I, i'm hedging my bets by still taking the colts even though i think the chiefs can win because i know there's a lot of run on the colts as a very popular upset pick this week and i've got to be in a close game yeah it should be fun should be uh should be a tremendous back and forth game uh, some statistical thumbnails that I took from the PFF podcast. Uh, they have Andrew Luck is actually uh, their number three graded quarterback overall this season, and I uh, thought that was uh, something noteworthy because of how far he had to battle back from where he was. Uh, legit concern about his career at this time last year, and now he came all the way back to be uh, number three overall. Uh, Steven Nelson for the uh, Chiefs. And they're sometimes terrible back end of, the, of defense. Uh, he's given up a ton of big plays, but he's also targeted as much as anybody. So there's uh, some of that yin and yang. And that reminded me of uh, back when Des Bryant would be uh, criticized for dropping a lot of passes. Uh, and his response was, well, yeah, I get a lot of passes thrown at me too because I'm pretty damn good. So you, you're going to get some drops when you have high volume like that. Is actually the highest graded quarterback versus zone coverage. And the Colts play a lot of zone coverage, so I, I wonder if they're going to be doing any kind of mixing and matching there tomorrow, because if not, they might just get uh, cut up and, and filleted by Pat Mahomes. Uh, and Kansas City only allowing 18 points a game at home versus uh, over 30 on the road, so that defense, uh, as many problems as they have, certainly is much more reliable there at Arrowhead Stadium. Uh, I'm breaking out in hives on this one, thinking about the last time these two teams met in the playoffs. Because that, of course, would be January of 2014 when I'm sitting there in minor medical with my wife and watching the uh, uh, Colts run out to a uh, – I'm sorry, the Chiefs run out to a 38-10 to lead in the third quarter uh, on the Colts. And and I had the the Chiefs and Alex Smith. And and, and for some reason, it's just going through my mind going, well, that's that's silly that – they're not. They're not that good. They're they're gonna they're gonna choke this away because they're just they're not that good. Uh, and sure enough, here comes uh, 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 Andrew Luck and the Colts all the way back, and they win forty five to forty four. I think Alex Smith is barred from Arrowhead Stadium uh, tomorrow, so I don't think I have to worry about that. But just the, well, you the should also know 
it's also worth noting that I had the Colts and you had the Chiefs in that game. Yeah. Just yeah. saying. That's why I'm breaking out in hives. <laughs> <laughs> Double insult. Uh oh. So is history repeating itself here? Uh oh. Uh, it, it very well may be. Um, uh, surprised that Kansas City was trending up in rushing for the second half of the year after they uh, get rid of Kareem Hunt. I don't think they were trending up after immediately after his departure, but for the for the half season trend that I was keeping up with, uh, they they actually did increase uh, two tenths of a yard in, in rushing offense. So uh, I was a little bit surprised at that. And the uh, Colts run offense uh, was way down from the from week eight uh, of the season. Uh, they had Marlon Mack uh, have a really nice run halfway through the year. He kind of fell off in the second half, and they got back on him a little bit. Uh, last week against Houston. Uh, so we'll see if they continue that trend. Andrew Luck, of course, spreading the wealth around uh, everywhere, especially to those big tight end targets if he likes to match ups. Uh, always uh, a threat. It's as good a veteran quarterback uh, as, as there is in the league. Uh, again, off of the injuries that he had, was amazing that he's come back and playing at, at this high level again. And the, and the Chiefs' coverage can leave wide receivers just untouched. So uh, T.Y., who's been gutting everybody and, and playing some gutty offense with, with his injuries, uh, he could probably get open again uh, tomorrow and, and get behind some some bad coverage. Uh, so they, they should have some success on offense. I certainly don't think uh, the Colts are going to go in and, and lay an egg against the Chiefs. Uh, I think a lot of people like that. That's why the over-under is so big. I think everyone thinks it's going to be Yeah, it was 56 and, and a half. Forth. <laughs> and I have that at 56, and I was blown away when I looked at the over-under on that game because I swore at 56 I was way on the overside, and I was under at 56. Uh, on the uh, Chiefs' side, when they're on offense, a big test in coverage for that rookie linebacker, Darius Leonard, for the Colts. Uh, I think he might have to be guarding Travis Kelsey for a lot of the game, and that's going to be the big test. He's been uh, somewhat impressive in coverage, uh, in his rookie year, but uh, if he can keep Travis Kelsey under wraps, that'll really be a, a tremendous outcome for them. And the rookie line, uh, lineman for the Indianapolis Colts is another big test is how great that they've been playing. And now you have to handle Chris Jones, D4, Justin Houston, uh, and the pressure that the, that the Chiefs can bring. Uh, Indy's secondary, uh, they hold in the grabs like I like I was pointing out earlier. Look for a lot of yellow flags. I, I see a lot of lot of a lot of laundry out there uh, because the Chiefs will run that weird geometry of Andy Reid and get their receivers in different positions where you just don't expect them to spring open. And look at there, they're springing wide open. And I think the Colts are going to be uh, doing a lot of interfering and in, in defensive holding. Uh, the snow flurries that uh, are forecast to be in the air for tomorrow. I think that accentuates the Colts being out of the dome and having that home field uh, advantage not being available to them. They didn't have to worry about it against the Texans because the Texans were, were so overly uh, overmatched. But the Chiefs, I don't think, are going to be overwhelmed and overmatched like that. I think uh, the Colts outside is going to be a little bit of a different story than what they've been uh, doing uh, at home. It's been very impressive, but uh, you got Andy Reid and that offense with Pat Mahomes. Uh, Andy Reid, I think, has as much confidence now in his offense with Pat Mahomes as with any offense in his entire professional career, and that's going back to Donovan McNabb and uh, any other Chiefs offense with Alex Smith and whatnot. Uh, I think I think he loves this 
team and with this quarterback and with that uh, special arm that, that Pat Mahomes has. I think he gets more credibility and, and creativity with this offense than with any uh, in, in, in his entire career. So I'm going to go ahead and take the, the Chiefs again and, and still breaking out in hives, worrying about the last time. Uh, but I'm going to do it again. I'm going to, it's only by a touchdown, so it's not like I have them blowing out the uh, the Colts. But five-point spread is uh, is kind of small. I'll take that and take the Chiefs by a touchdown. I'll take them 27 to 20. And for my X factor, uh, I'm going to go with uh, an, Indian, an Indianapolis Colt, uh, even though I'm picking against them. I'm going with the running back Naheem Hines because – He's their speedy third down sort of pass catching weapon out of the backfield, and they didn't need him at all against the Houston Texans because they were just trouncing him early. So he actually didn't get any. Uh, he, he didn't touch the ball at all. He didn't get any touches, and I think that's they're going to need him tomorrow. They're going to have some third downs where they need uh, to relieve some pressure uh, as they come after Andrew Luck, and uh, I think that might be a, the a possible game changing speed in Naheem gets it in the right spot he, he may break one and uh he may go ahead and get that cover for you for for the indianapolis Colts. so i don't know why i have the sense of you making this pick like tears streaming down your face picking the chiefs kind of doing the, i wish i knew how to quit you uh, i mean i'm believing in the chiefs again uh, what oh. is with you and the I chiefs believe. in the playoffs last year you know you got bit in the ass by the chiefs in the playoffs too in the in that Titans game, another big lead that they blew late. Yeah. Yeah. You and this, you and the Chiefs just have this this toxic relationship. <laughs> and I don't, and I didn't want to. I didn't want to fall in love with Pat Mahomes, but goddamn, every time he the game, he he did another thing that made you go, "Oh my God, what is that?" I yeah, and, that, and that's that. easy, and it's easy to fall in love with. I have him winning the game because I think he's going to do something like that. But I have so little faith in the back end of that Chiefs secondary. It is so bad. It is. But, they uh, keep everybody around, and and Andrew Luck and and Ty and whoever the, and, and and Eric Ebron and whoever the hell he's going to throw the ball to. Once again, very similar to them going and playing the Texans. Just don't don't try and establish the run. Don't get cute. You you know where to make your make your hay in this in this game tomorrow. If if, if Frank Reich's got a brain in his head, he is going to be just throwing that thing and exposing that Chiefs secondary. It's going to put Andrew Luck at some risk of the pass rush. Andrew Luck, I think, could handle it. I think that I think the Chiefs could they they held up against the the Texans rush, which I think yeah, is they better. Been. So they've been protecting Luck beautifully yeah, all year long. They they give him time, and and it, it's why it's why I think this stays close. I think it will definitely be a dramatic game. Um, and and the farther the Chiefs get ahead, the better I'll feel about my pick. <laughs> if, that's, say, if that's twenty-eight-seven at halftime, <laughs> I got you. Got me right where you want me. That's exactly right. So watch out tomorrow for if that's a big first half for the Chiefs. You want that thing to be tight. And, and maybe they pull one away later, get that late touchdown and you know, and just sort of flip that the other direction. I don't know who the I, I don't know who the weather favors more. I don't think it favors Mahomes in the deep passing game. So I think you know, he's I, got that special MLB arm that he that is not gonna affect him. I think it'll affect Andrew Luck a lot more than it will him. You know, and having having thrown in snow and wind, especially if it's wind, I can tell you that that the arm angle has a lot more to do with uh, 
getting that thing into a, into a wind if there's if there's a breeze. If that's just light snow flurries and there's not a lot of wind, eh, maybe it makes the stuff a little slippery and you get a couple more fumbles. Um, but I don't think it affects uh, the passing game too much. It'll be wind. I think wind will have a bigger out- outcome on the game than snow. Yeah, I, I don't know what it is about the Chiefs. I, all I can say is if we were doing locks, this definitely would not be it. <laughs> can you have an anti-lock? I'm definitely not locking up the Chiefs, but I am taking them and giving the five. You know, next year, instead of having lock of the week, we can have anti-lock of the week, <laughs> which is where you have to pick which pick you made is going to lose. <laughs> oh, that would be easy. All these teams that I was under 500 against, just one of them. Just either the Skins oh, okay. or the, uh, the Texans. Who else was I? All the Cardinals. I couldn't figure them out to save my life. You and the Chiefs, that's like playoff kryptonite so i love your pick on saturday night after i blow another game picking the chiefs it'll be the uh, dallas cowboys and the los angeles rams out in uh, the la coliseum dallas now at 11 and 6 after their win last week although they managed to somehow not cover the spread but uh, again i won't dwell on that uh but the rams at 13 and 3 7 and 1 at home dallas only 3 and 5 on the road this year um, and possibly as a result of that, they are big seven and a half point dogs. You got the hook on that one. Dallas plus seven and a half at the LA Rams. And I'll start this one so that you can get a little uh, rest for your voice. Uh, LA, uh, the uh, pro football podcast, uh, the PFF podcast called uh, the Rams, the best run blocking O line, I guess by their metrics in the entire league. And they're playing right across the field against the team that's been for the last several years regarded as the best offensive uh, run blocking line in the league in the Dallas Cowboys. So I think the Cowboys should have something to say about that if they care about those things. Uh, Jalen Smith and Leighton Vander Esch uh, were the second most uh, had the second most run stops of any uh linebacker tandem in football according to the PFL so uh might be a long night for the the Los Angeles Rams running game and Todd Gurley uh Dak Prescott significantly cut his time throw since the Amari acquisition uh so that's a big deal that he's uh making decisions quicker not just playing better football and not just having bigger throws downfield uh, to Amari Cooper, but also even cutting down his time holding the ball, waiting for one of those other terrible targets of his to get open. And now, of course, we got uh, Alan Hearns, who won't be a target anymore because he got his ankle twisted off last Saturday night. Um, and Aqib Tlaib, uh, a big uh, factor in the uh, L.A. Rams' pass defense, they measured that uh, their pass defense uh, was a 64.3 grade, according to the PFF uh, focus football meetings is 63 with Aqib Tlaib on the field versus without him on the field, 105.2 passer rating uh, that they were giving up with uh, Tlaib off the field, which is a huge, huge difference. So Tlaib will be back out there on the field for the Rams. Um, and But you got to think about these two quarterbacks and maybe of all the quarterbacks left, in the playoffs, are these maybe the two least trustworthy uh, when you talk about Dak Prescott and Jared Goff, the way Jared Goff has been playing uh, the last several weeks. 
Uh, he's he's right up there, and I would not have thought you would say that after that uh, huge start to the season that golf and the Rams had, but he is not the same, and the, the, the Rams team has not looked the same since uh, New Orleans busted that perfect season back in week nine, uh, and that that's backed up by the numbers. That's, you can look at that on the TV, and you can look at the numbers and, and find that trend uh, that the passing offense for the Rams uh, after eight games of, of football this year was all the way up at 9.5, nine and a half yards for passing attempt, finished the season at 8.3. That is a 1.2 yard per attempt drop in only eight weeks. That is a monster drop. I've never seen a drop like that in only half a season. Uh, so they're just not the same team right now for whatever reason. The the chief grandmaster of all these young coaches, you see the the coaching trends throughout the leagues. Let's get this the new young coach. Let's get the guy in college that uh, dated the sister of one of the hot young uh, quarterback guru coaches. So therefore, he's got to know something. He picked up something somehow. He had to have. So let's hire him. We we don't know his name. We don't know uh, anything about him. But we know that he's had some proximity to one of the young coaches. Uh, this guy is the brother of Sean McVay's paper boy. So, yeah, that's our new head coach. Uh, so Sean McVay is the, the, the guru of all the of all gurus. He's the head guy. So he's had two weeks now to get L.A. back on track. He had to buy, and now he's got, uh, he's got a chance to get back at home in the Coliseum and, and get this team going the way it's supposed to go, see if he can pull that off. That offense was a, a well-oiled machine. Early in the season, uh, I don't know what happened. I don't know if they got worn down by all the Maradon games. If you remember in the middle of the season, they, they seemed like every game they played was uh, in the 50s for each team. And, and uh, I think there was an overtime game in there, too. Uh, but, yeah, they just went on this run where they were just playing just the, the, the Chiefs and then the Saints and the, all these huge offensive games back and forth. And they they lost something. I don't know what they lost, but they they lost some spark there uh, halfway through the year. Uh, and it, it's the big, really the big mystery of the weekend probably is will they get that spark back or will they uh, go all the way out of the playoffs for the second year in a row? Uh, Zeke Elliott, we know, will continue to run. Uh, that's what he does. Uh, the, the Dallas offense will continue to run block for him. And the L.A. run defense, uh, they can be leaky. Uh, as they pursue the quarterback, will that change, though? When you think about how to defend the Dallas Cowboys, you'd be foolish to try to just rush up field at Dak Prescott and ignore Ezekiel Elliott running past you. That's just – you can't imagine that Aaron Donald and, and the, the L.A. Rams defense is going to allow that to happen. So you'd think they would have to change up the way they play football and make sure that they shore up the run D first before they try to rush the quarterback. So definitely see what, what adjustments they make there. Uh, and, and in the back end, Marcus Peters should draw Amari Cooper. He's the best quarterback for the Rams, so you would think he would be matched up with him one-on-one. And Peters, he, he's, he gives good effort, but uh, he can get abused by, by some wide receivers going over and through him. So uh, if Dak Prescott is anywhere near accurate, I think that's a matchup that they should be exploiting uh, all night long. Uh, on the other side, when L.A., uh, when their run blocking is lacking, the whole offense gets gummed up. And, uh, again, with the yellow laundry, I talked about, I think you're going to see a lot of laundry with the Colts uh, secondary doing a lot of grabbing and holding. 
the the Los Angeles Rams, they get a lot of yellow laundry when they can't run block well. They do a lot of holding, trying to stop guys from from running and getting at their quarterback. Uh, and the Dallas run defense, uh, mostly the D-line, they can really command a run game. They can really be physical and, and take over uh, on the ground. And what that leads to is DeMarcus Lawrence and his blinding speed around the edge, uh, rattling Jared Goff uh, in pass coverage on a lot of those second and long and third and longs. Uh, and Goff gets happy feet when his pocket is greasy. He He's not very comfortable uh, when you have to make him move around. Uh, I think this is going to be the Dallas Cowboys. As much as I dislike the, the franchise and as much as that, I think they can have some stupidest team in football tendencies. We know they're always capable of that. Uh, I don't trust the Rams. I don't think they're playing very well. I, I don't think they – I talked for a year about the them getting the experience to overcome and, and move on that they didn't have last year when they had such a great season. Everybody was singing their praises in the first playoff game. The, the Atlanta Falcons go in there and just destroy them. And I had that one, and I've got this one. I've got the Cowboys going in on their first playoff game of the season and, and taking out the Rams. Uh, they've made adjustments. I don't have the, enough on the playoff. And I was pulling the upset as seven and a half point dogs. I have Dallas winning straight up 30 to 23. All right. Uh, we're going to see this one very similarly. Um, a quick note on the Alan Hearns injury last week. You know, it wouldn't be our podcast if we didn't chime in on that. Uh, I, I dubbed that the Casey Kasem special. And it's very mm. uplifting. It's very uplifting because and I can't do my case. I don't have a good Casey Kasem impersonation. Maybe people who listen to the show probably don't even know who the hell Casey Kasem is. I'll, um, I'll do the uh, impersonation for you when you when you say what you what you get. But, out of here. Oh, I, I do you do a good one. I think I do. Because you could, I could just just remember just remember, <laughs> even when you're laying face down on the turf, your feet can keep reaching for the stars. You got a little too much grit in there. You sound like a Barney. Well, you know, I'm sick. <laughs> yeah, okay. I, I got you. But I thought I, I, you liked that one then. Kids just even when you're lying on the turf, your feet can keep reaching for the stars. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it's yeah, terrible. kids. That's pretty terrible, but yeah, it's uh, actually I, I thought it, I, it, it's so bad that I thought of it while he was laying there. And now on with the countdown. Uh, yeah, no, we actually we see this game almost identically uh, to the point where I have this Cowboys thirty-one, Rams twenty-four. <laughs> wow. So yeah, we 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 both like the Cowboys uh, straight up. Uh, so yeah, you money line betters, you want to go and jump on the Cowboys because they're uh, it's a seven point underdog. They're they're going to be paying big money on them. It's <laughs> the straight up pick this week. Um, but we both like I don't them. Know how same, people trust the Rams like that? Well, it's the, it's the same. It's the same story all over again. This is two years of bad matchups for them in the in the playoffs. Now Atlanta comes in there last year, a, a run heavy team, right? Uh, last year, they still had a good defense because everybody on their defense wasn't dead. Um, they had, but I will say Atlanta went in there as a more experienced team, you know, a team sort of, you know, after they had just blown the 28 to three and they were sort of on that revenge tour. But, you know, I, I we gave them full credit for going in and and winning 
at least a, you know going in and winning even a playoff game after what had happened to them the year before, I thought was a big win for them. But here's a similar team in the Cowboys, a run-heavy team, team that plays some good defense. I won't call them the best coached team. I won't call them the most experienced team. But I, I think that the deficiencies at the head coaching slot and at the quarterback position aren't going to really need to creep up in this game. It's very similar to what Dallas is Matchup wise last week against the Seahawks. I think this is going to be a lot of Ezekiel Elliott. I think it's going to need to be uh, to call the Rams uh, defense against the run leaky is, is I think complimentary of them. They're, they're brutally bad against the run to the point where we, we, we were picking against the Rams a lot this year, just based on how good the other team is running the football. That's all you needed to know. Are the Rams playing a team that can show any offensive competency running the football? Yes. Okay, I'm taking that team. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> if you couldn't run, take the Rams because they are they're okay on the back end. I mean, they they've got a lot of sign, you know, a lot a lot of big contracts on that defense that I don't think have really lived up um, to the contracts that they've thrown around out there. So it's going to be a name defense. This is this is a great this is a great defense if you're playing on Madden. You know, right. and everybody's got a real high number in, in, in lots of good categories, but I just don't know how well they play as, as a cohesive unit, and they cannot stop the run. So, terrible matchup. There, there were better matchups for them in the playoffs. This isn't it. Ezekiel Elliott, that offensive line, I think the Rams are going to get pushed around. Um, even though that front end, you, you don't think they are, you know, Aaron Donald and, and Dominican Sue and all those guys, those guys shouldn't get pushed around. Uh, they've been getting pushed around all year because they're just a defense in name only. And uh, yeah, we, we see this going almost, almost the exact same way. I, I think that the, the, the Cowboys are bigger, they're more physical. They're going to assert uh, more physicality over the Rams and the Rams are going to get the Rams and their wonder boy genius head coach are going to get bounced unceremoniously again in uh, their first playoff game. At least this year, it's not as a, as a, Wild card weekend matchup. It's it's a division round matchup. So yeah, good for them. Yeah, good for them. And they advanced all around the great, all the great things they've done. Uh, you you mentioned their uh, decline in the passing game, which seemed to coincide with the Cooper Cup injury. Uh, mm-hmm. Jared Goff's never really had that other guy to go to. Um, in in that receiving core, so you, you sort of lost his go to guy. And it, it just it just hasn't been the same. And I also wonder about this Todd Gurley injury. I think it's worse than they're letting on. He just sort of dropped off the uh, injury report here in the last day or two where it had been questionable whether or not he was even going to play. Like he was getting like uppity with people about taking questions about whether he was even going to play. This feels very Cam Newton-esque to me. Nothing to see here, folks. He's fine. He's fine. Cam's fine. He can't Mm -hmm. throw the football, but he's great. (laughs) So I want to, I'm interested to see how much we actually get out of Todd Gurley in this game because if they can't lean on him and now all of a sudden you're relied to going on backups and you've lost that weapon as well, or again, he comes out and he tries and he does, you know, maybe he gives it the Eric Berry effort and then halfway through the first quarter, Todd Gurley's in the tent and then Todd Gurley's walking to the locker room and then it comes out at halftime that Todd Gurley ain't coming back. Hmm. Um. I think all that spells a uh, a cover. I will be shocked. This would be the game of the week for me that I would be the most shocked 
if it went the way that the spread indicates. Like, if the Rams cover here, I'll be blown away. I, I would, too. I mean, I mean so again, both of us were, we're, we're picking the, the underdog to win straight up, so yeah. But this is probably, if we have a lock, this this could be it. <laughs> Although you yeah. still haven't gotten to your biggest uh, point differential, which means I guess that would be your lock. But that could be a favorite that you have covering a big number or a favorite covering a number where this is where we have a team going, we have a team going 14 points the other way. <laughs> yeah. That is um, uh, amazing. So when I saw yeah, that spread, I, I was just amazed. Yeah. I, I don't know what that is. Well, you should be, uh, you should be running to Vegas because a hundred pays you two seventy <laughs> on Cowboys tomorrow night. And, and that, and that feels it's in the playoffs because it's, the Cowboys aren't, you know, how many years has it been since they won a Super Bowl again? Yeah, I, yeah, and this is one where Dak gets the win, and now I'm all on board, and I think the Cowboys have suddenly, you know, overcome their stupidest team in football tendencies. So we'll see. I mean, but I'm, I'm just saying that I think the least likely outcome here would be a Rams squish, which I, th- you know, they win by more than seven. That's a squish, you know, they win by eight. That's not happening. I mean, if it does, hey, good for them. We didn't see it right. Maybe Sean McVay is the genius, and and that extra week of rest and everything helped him out. And Todd Gurley just balls out, and man, we we just did not see that coming. But this just feels like you know it's the deja vu all over again for the Rams. The the one and done. We're worried about people. People are worried about the Chiefs being the one and done team. Woo. Rams. Uh, could could start living in that territory if they keep doing this hot start, slow finish bullshit. It's either you're a great offensive output or a great defensive showing is the only way for the Rams to cover seven and a half. I don't see either way. I don't see the the I don't see their defense having a great game, and I certainly don't see the offense against the the Dallas Cowboys uh, improved defense yeah. having a huge day either. So I, I don't that being with that being said, um, I, I actually looked at the the, the Dominican Sioux as being my X factor. Earn the money, son. <laughs> Go out there. It, 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 what? He's never really ever had. I mean, he's gotten the money and he's gotten the accolades, but he needs to go and he needs to sit on Dak Prescott three times. And I and I know he can stop the run. He's primarily, you know, he's a he's a middle of the gap guy, but he used to be looked at as one of these like sort of like feared. He's going to go and abuse the quarterback kind of players. He needs to have that kind of game. They need to get pressure somewhere else than from Aaron Donald in this game. So if the if the Rams have a chance. And if there's somebody who I think could turn the tide, it's going to be a guy who's been very quiet. Like when I actually was so quiet that it's like, oh, I forgot he was on that team. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, I always have to break out the applause when we have the the same X factor. So. Oh no, you didn't see yours, Ted. So uh, no, I didn't. Uh, however, it's it's part of a tandem for me, and it's not for the exact same reason. So it's a little different, but it, indeed, uh, he's one of my. X factors. I, I got one from each team, from the Rams uh, and the Cowboys, oh. as my okay. X factor, uh, because these teams can be pretty evenly matched. I believe it was, I actually didn't know who I was picking before, like an hour ago, because I was really going back and forth in my mind. 
but but very evenly matched within. They even match undisciplined cheap shot artists. So I'm looking for my X Factors as Indomitian Sue for the Rams, Randy Gregory for the Dallas Cowboys, because either one of them can change the tide of a game by taking a complete unwarranted headshot at, at the opposing quarterback or diving at somebody's knee. Uh, either one of them are oh, very you're, capable you're, of. So you're looking at the oh no, I just got the well, we got them at third and eighteen, and now I just yeah. picked up the roughing quarterback penalty because I tried to snap someone in two type play. That's exactly right. Third down, and we got off the field. Except, oops, they called a personal foul on me because I hit somebody upside the head. Okay, interesting. And they they're both equally capable of doing some stupid shit like that. All right, so we uh, we definitely see that right On to Sunday afternoon action. So how many different ways can the league try to screw over the Los Angeles-San Diego Chargers? They send the Clippers again on the road uh, all the way across to the East Coast at the very earliest, most inconvenient time in all of these four playoff spots they, they could possibly send them. They did it in Baltimore, and they're doing it again here against New England, sending them out east for a 1 o'clock Eastern time start in the afternoon on Sunday, which comes out to 10 a.m. local time uh, Sunday morning for the uh, Los Angeles Chargers. But didn't really affect anything last week because they were playing against Lamar Jackson, who clearly wasn't ready for the big stage. This is not Lamar Jackson. This is the actual complete opposite of Lamar Jackson when you talk about most veteran, most accomplished quarterback in the playoffs versus youngest, least accomplished quarterback in the playoffs. So definitely uh, a flip when you come uh, to that conclusion. It's the Chargers and the Patriots. The Chargers were 12-4 and four as a wild card team, and now they're 13-4 and four as the uh, win count just keeps going up. And I'll uh, even give uh, a PFF stat that I heard uh, before you even make your pick. The L.A. Chargers, uh, that's the eighth team since 1970, since the 1970 merger. The Chargers are the eighth team to have nine victories, counting the playoffs, outside of their home stadium because you count that England game, which was supposed to be a home game, but really wasn't. Uh, but they've already got nine victories outside their home stadium. And the significance of that, and you're going to uh, probably laugh when I tell you this, because I don't know if either one of us ever even seriously considered the Chargers for winning at all, but all the previous seven teams before them that won nine games outside their home stadium all won the Super Bowl that year. So <laughs> here you okay. go. <laughs> Your new future Super Bowl champion, Los Angeles Chargers, and I'm snickering like that right now, and I just scared the hell out of myself snickering at that because what if they go ahead and win the fucking Super Bowl, and then who's going to be laughing at that point? They will be laughing, but anyway. Uh, so the Chargers, 12-4, uh, and four, like I said, 13-4, and four, uh, now 9-1 and one on the road, but New England 8-0 and oh at home, so something's got to give. That's going to be uh, – uh, head-to-head matchup right there. And, of course, Phillip Rivers versus Tom Brady. Uh, and very famously, Rivers has never defeated uh, Tom Brady in his career. People think he's got a chance this time. that They they do have a better record than the Patriots, so that there is that much. Uh, but the Chargers are only a four-point underdog at the Patriots. Jason, what's your pick? Yeah, all things sort of being equal, I love the Chargers in this spot. I, I love. I think their team is better. Their defense is better. Uh, they can run the ball. They have good receivers. Phillip Rivers has been playing out of his mind. I can't pick the Chargers. <laughs> I, mean, I, I just can't do, can't do it. 
no matter how much I want the Chargers to win, a couple of things are going to happen. One, the, 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 the Patriots will win and just crush my spirit because they'll probably be the worst team on the field again, which they've been for many of their playoff matchups. They were, they, they were the worst team on the field against Jacksonville. They were the worst team on the field against the Falcons. They were the worst team on the field against the Seahawks. They, they were the worst team on the field against the Texans, but they find ways to win games. Now I will say the sort of the underlying theme in a lot of those, like last year, that playoff run that the chargers had, they're not getting the Titans and the Jaguars this time, right? I mean, they're actually getting a professional NFL football team. And no matter what happens this week in the Indy KC game, let's say New England moves on, they're going to get another professional NFL football team. So as badly as I want this to end horribly for the Patriots, I'm almost sort of going against myself on the pick, hoping for that outcome. Like which outcome? And I know it's it's completely makes no sense. And I'm really good for these kinds of picks. I'm taking the Patriots because I want them to lose. <laughs> and by going with the Patriots when they invariably do win, and Philip Rivers throws some boneheaded pick or something really ridiculous or some stupid penalty happens, I'll at least be on the right side. Uh, the other reason I have the Patriots on this game is when I pick the final score, I pick the push. Ah. So I actually took the Patriots to, uh, to win this one 24-20. Well, that's a four-point split. There you go. So at the end of the day, I don't think it's any of it's going to matter. But I, I'm taking the Patriots to sort of cover myself for at least if the Patriots win and I wake up on Monday and I hate life because the Patriots moved on in the playoffs and, again, and probably won a game they had no business winning and – Tom Brady did this dink and doink crap up and down the field and just drives you nuts. So they get some ridiculous penalties go their way. At least I'll have won the pick. So as, as much as I know that everything almost checks off in the column for the chargers for this game, better running game, better passing game, better defense. Uh, I, I can't really say that, you know, better coach, <laughs> I don't. Although Anthony Lynn pulled a rabbit out of his hat last week, I'll uh, be really interested to see if they have anything in this up the sleeve for Tom Brady. Um, but you know how to beat Tom Brady, you know, get in his face, rush him up the middle, make him up. That's right. That's the way you beat Tom Brady. So if the Chargers, uh, if they have that in their arsenal, they got a real shot. But Jacksonville had it. I mean, Jacksonville did that to Tom Brady up and down the field, left and right, and still lost the game last year. So unbelievable. That's exactly why, no matter what, the Patriots are like the Terminator. You just can't stop them. They're just going to keep coming. Every time you think they're down, they keep coming back. If the Chargers are the team to knock them off, that's great. I lose the pick. I'm going with history, and and I'm going with the the outcome that I don't want, and it makes no sense. So, so you probably are pretty scared right now, unless you have the Chargers, but. I actually, I'm taking the outcome that I think is less likely, but will make me feel better if I have to deal with a Patriots win. Well, there you go. And you gave your score, which was uh, Patriots by four. So if anyone is upset of you taking New England and, oh, you had the Patriots, uh, you really can't be upset at it. The man told you that he's got the same uh, final score as the points for it. So it's not like he's telling you that he's very confident in his pick. I mean, come on. You got to no. 24-20. Uh, oh, 
and, and I and I hope I'm not going Stephen A. Smith here because when I picked my X Factor for the game here, I was I had to look through, didn't see this guy on the injury report, but I realized I was taking a player for the Patriots that hasn't caught a ball from since week ten. So I'm hoping he's even active. But I'm taking Dwayne Allen, backup tight end for the New England Patriots. If anybody is going to get moving, we're talking about a good player. Gronk is just completely useless. And sure, you haven't caught a ball since week 10. You're the perfect guy for Tom Brady to all of a sudden find seven times. Yeah. And two touchdowns. This is what he does. So I'm taking Dwayne Allen, the ghost, the guy who hasn't caught a ball in three months to uh to to show up and have a big game um and tom brady finds those guys the the rex burkheads or the james whites i mean tom brady has made a career out of just turning dudes into stars for one game and the only reason allen is active is because scott chandler finally retired after 500 years in the the tight end position (laughs) i remember Dwayne allen making plays for the colts absolutely and where is he gone? The ghost. Disappeared. He's gone Vernon Completely. Davis ghost. That, that's ghost. <laughs> Completely disappeared. So uh, some thumbnail uh, things about this one. Uh, PFF Focus, uh, Pro Football Focus podcast was just talking about the, the Chargers, the way they beat uh, the Ravens using those light defensive backs uh, to sort of hit him – uh, Lamar Jackson in and pin him in and make sure he wouldn't, wasn't able to escape and make any plays. They don't think they can do that against uh, the Patriots because New England's old line will just bury them. They're so much bigger and stronger. Uh, but I thought that Baltimore buried the, the, the Chargers out in L.A. in the regular season games. So uh, what do I know? I, I thought they were going to do that again to them uh, last weekend. So they, they've proven that they can adjust to, at least in that respect and, and figure out a stronger team, uh, how to beat a stronger team. I think Baltimore was much stronger than the Chargers. Uh, Rivers uh, actually only finished 22nd in the league versus man coverage, and New England plays more man coverage than any team in the league. So that seems to be a bad sign for the Chargers. Uh, I talked about the Chargers already about uh, winning nine games outside their home stadium. Super Bowl champs, they're going to win the Super Bowl. They're going to win the Super Bowl. Uh, because the, the statistics say so, and as we know, statistics never lie. Uh, Philip Rivers has uh, never beat Brady, so conflicting statistics. Something's one way or the other. He's in lifetime. It's Tom Brady, including 0-2 in the playoffs. The one time that Rivers beat the New England Patriots, uh, Brady was not playing in that game. Uh, uh, New England, you talked a little bit about that utilitarian offense that they have. They, whatever's around, whatever's handy, they just Cordero Patterson, you want to run the ball? Yeah, let's go. Go ahead. Uh, James White as a receiver out of the backfield with that uh, forward flat pass that seems to be completely unguardable. Uh, Rex Burkhead, you know, whatever we need. Uh, running, passing, catching, whatever. We'll, we'll just use whatever we got lying around here. Uh, yeah, as much as I can't stand the Patriots, as much as I've said that they're, the dynasty ends this year, I still say they're not going to win the Super Bowl, no matter what I pick here. Uh, but I definitely have uh, respect for what they've done over the years, just sort of putting together and pasting together things that you just, you, you think the dynasty is completely dead. And then you look up and Tom Brady's thrown for 300 yards and four touchdowns. And then two of them are to Dwayne Allen. Uh, Gronk is indeed 30 going on 65. So uh, to, to say that he's not going to be a factor that uh, I can see that, that he's, he's 
doesn't have a, a big game, but I can also see the opposite. I can see him having one last great game. I don't think he's going to have a great playoffs. I don't think he's going to be big in every game, but that one big game, I, I think that's possible. And it, it might happen in this game. Uh, but as you already mentioned about Tom Brady, the way to beat him, bust him in the fucking mouth. So the, the Chargers definitely have a chance to beat the Patriots because they have major league uh, talent in Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram as far as guys that can get around the corner and bust Brady in the fucking mouth. That's uh, something that they can definitely do. I expect him to fire quick all game just to avoid that. Uh, you know, they're coming for uh, and They have the speed and the talent to get there. But uh, what the Chargers did do in that – I still remember that Baltimore game in the regular season against the Ravens, how bad they looked. They fell for simplistic – misdirection concepts all night long and here comes Josh McDaniels and Tom Brady and the New England Patriots you talk about misdirection concepts uh, they're the kings of it so I think that's a really bad sign for the Chargers I think the LA offense trending uh, way down statistically in the last it's not what the Rams have, uh, were doing as far as trending down but the Chargers also uh, fell off in the second half a little bit uh, offensively. Uh, that offense didn't win the game last weekend in Baltimore. That was not Phillip Rivers in the offense uh, having a great day. That was uh, Lamar Jackson and the, and the Baltimore Ravens offense not being able to do anything at all, as you were texting me, Jason. That the, the, the defense for the Ravens was trying to hold up and keep them in the game in the special teams, but uh, the offense just would not let them stay in. They just had nothing left uh, on their side. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's a comfortable spot for the Patriots. It's you know conference semifinals, division rounds. They're at home. They're uh, in the in the one o'clock Eastern slot. They're everything is laid out as perfectly for them as could be. LA's got to go on the road out east uh, in that ten a.m. slot. Uh, not comfortable for them. They're the road warriors. I understand they're uh, you know, so great on the road this year, but. There's just so many obstacles in their way. Uh, 22 degrees of uh, game time temperature, yet another possible obstacle for them. Uh, the obstacles the league can set up in their league doesn't have any weather, but it just seems like everything uh, to get the, the Chargers out of there. We don't want the Clippers around anymore. We're going to set them up as many ways to fail as we can possibly do. Uh, I'm still concerned about Rivers' temperament when, when the time, when, when times get tough, uh, you there's a small to-do made about at one point he was uh, getting angry last week while he was winning and Tony Romo on the broadcast crew talked about how he was pissed and there was, Oh, everyone needs to clutch their pearls because Tony Romo said pissed and okay, whatever. Uh, but the the point being that Rivers, even in, even winning, even uh, with the lead was still uh, drawing his little hissy, you know, hissy fits and acting like a bitch. So there's still uh, definitely concerned with me about that. So, it, it's, it seems to, uh, I'm agreeing with you, it seems to all set up for the Patriots to do what they do. This is what they do. This is what happens. The Patriots just, you know, get in those comfortable spots where they're very familiar and they find a way to win. So I, I yelled as much as I could that the Patriots are not winning another Super Bowl. I do still have them going to another AFC title game. However, they certainly have it set up for them to do that. Um, I got, I, I don't have a lot of confidence in this one either. I have them only winning by seven. I have New England 27 to 20. Okay. So we both have the chargers getting to 20. We just have, you have them to 27 and I have them at 24. So yeah. 
So, so unless you have the Eagles winning by 12 over your Super Bowl <laughs> champ, this is setting up to be a very interesting week. Yeah, that's not not hard to figure out uh, which team I have winning by 12 there. But oh, no, I, I, mean, I do have not to give away my pick, bro. I'm going to give yeah, away my pick. Yeah. Uh, that means that we are set up going into the divisional round, and the only game we'll disagree on is you and the Chiefs. I love it. <laughs> oh, my God. Me We're and on an Danny. island tomorrow with the Chiefs as the only uh, game that we're going to disagree uh, To potentially get me to 4.6 points behind you, setting me up for my – you know, going into the conference uh, conference finals here, where uh, I, I could punt and just make you pick the Super Bowl. Uh, at, if I can get that one on you, I would have that option to just make you pick the Super Bowl. <laughs> you would. That would be your option. I would have gotten within. I would have gotten within. Uh, I would have gotten within five by that point, or I could just you know uh, do what I did the one year and be like, ah, hell with it. I'm just going to disagree with you on. Both. All right, which you totally did not have to do. And be right. And both. Uh, I believe that was the year, though, that I ended up losing on the uh, uh, Seahawks blowing it at the goal line. Because uh, I, I remember, to, I do remember that it was all for naught. That I did that like stunning comeback to 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 get right there, and then you know, and then lose like what I should have had a victory. Uh, so we'll see. Yeah. So I hope all the, and then I could totally just play mind games next week and be like, yeah, I just concur with whatever you have in the championship round. I've never done that before, because that would be kind of a dick move. Um, <laughs> but it, there's no benefit to me agreeing. You know, there's no benefit to me disagreeing unless I just so vehemently am against both your picks that I think I could actually sneak into the lead. Um yeah, if that, if you really do feel that strongly about the conference title games, then yeah, you might yeah. want to uh, just go against me because you just know what's going to happen. Yeah, it's it's happened before. All the all the opportunities are there. I'm getting ahead of myself though because if you win that pick tomorrow, things get pretty dire for me. Uh, no matter right. how good I did against you last week, because of the three points at stake tomorrow, you could you could make that uh, almost meaningless if you win that first pick because I got a feeling that we both have the the Saints here, you have them by 12, and I have them by 13, so let's get on with it, shall we? Come on, Pat Mahomes. Um, <laughs> you, you get your Mahomes jersey uh, tomorrow? Yeah. I, I need to order it. You, you gave your X Factor for the Chargers Patriots. Um, or, or, uh, or did you? I did. Oh, I have uh, Allen. Right, right. show up to show up out of the reti- out of retirement and uh, catch a couple of touchdowns. Uh, my X factor is uh, it's going to be Chris Hogan uh, because New England needs a Josh Gordon home run substitution guy because they yeah. uh, lost Josh Gordon, of course. To uh, would it be retirement or subs- uh, suspension? I don't know exactly how to refer to that. What do they? He's on the commissioner's list. That just doesn't sound good. Yeah, that's not the Dean's list. You want to be on the Dean's list for, that for something good. Uh, the commissioner's list is for something bad. That's very yeah. bad. Um, but, yeah, it feels like Brady will, will trust Chris Hogan a little more. That's, a, that's another target that 
will come out of nowhere and have like three catches for a buck 20 uh, in a, in a touchdown or something like that, that, uh, they they definitely need somebody to substitute for Gordon, and, and just feels like Hogan's yeah. gonna. It, it, it don't it, it don't underestimate Tom Brady's sort of penchant for bailing out on a deep throw and throwing it so oh, yeah. horrible that the defensive back gets called for pass interference, even though the throw is just complete garbage. Yeah, Derwin James, I'm looking at you. Don't get caught up in shit, man. He's gonna throw it short as hell and hope that you run into his target. So try not to get caught doing that. Yeah. Look, look back for the ball. It's always a good good strategy. Saw a few calls or non-calls this last week where normally you'd expect to see defensive pass interference where they let the guys play simply because the defender was looking for the ball. Oh, Coach Jay says, look for the ball. All right, yeah, we've uh, kind of given away our, our picks for this last one here. Uh, it, the wrong button. Can't get them all. Uh, so the Eagles and the Saints in the uh, Sunday afternoon, the, the finale for the playoff round this weekend. Those Philadelphia Eagles, the only team that came into the playoffs with a uh, single-digit winning record, and now they're up to 10 wins after beating the Bears. So they can say, hey, we got double digits too, just like everybody else. Uh, now they're 10-7. and seven. Uh, Now they're 5-4 and four on the road instead of 4-4. Four and four. Uh, Going into New Orleans, 13-3. and three. Number one seed in the uh, NFC, six and two at home this year, uh, but one of those shouldn't count because that was Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, biggest spread of the week: the Eagles are eight-point uh, underdogs uh, at the Saints. And yeah, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it all again. I did it last week, and I'm gonna do it the exact same thing this week. I'm not taking the Eagles, and I don't really feel like I have to explain it too much. That it's it's Nick Foles. He's, I understand he did it last year and he had the magic and I understand he just did it again against the bears, but I'm just not going to believe in them. I don't believe in the Philadelphia Eagles. I know they're underdogs. I know they're the ultimate underdogs, uh, but it's got to give. Eventually it's just got to give. The magic has to give out because it just can't continue. And, of course, I'm not going to take them over my New Orleans Saints, who, if you haven't been listening to this show, I picked New Orleans to win the Super Bowl long before the season began. Like last after last uh, conference title game, or uh, no, it was the uh, it was this round. It was the divisional round. It was round. the round when the Vikings, uh, with Stephon Diggs. At that play and, and embarrassed Marcus Williams and up that line to win the game and I said the Saints are going to take the hurt from that loss because that was that game was in the bag. They had it. They absolutely had the Vikings beat, and they're going to come back and turn it around and make one more run for Drew Brees this year and go all the way to win a title. And he's going to retire and it's going to be kumbaya. And they put together the regular season that would make you think that that's exactly what they're going to do. Uh, so I'm certainly not jumping off them right now in their very first playoff game, I have no reason to think that they're not going to come out and, and smother the Philadelphia Eagles, especially considering this matchup is the only one this weekend that is a rematch of a regular season game. And in week 11 in New Orleans, the Saints beat the Eagles by a score of 48-7. to seven. Uh, And that was Carson Wentz, who's the starter, who threw three interceptions. So his backup, you would think, would do a lot worse. And I tell you, if Nick Foles goes in and beats the Saints, 
after Carson Wentz came in here through three interceptions and lost by 41, I think they need to cut Carson Wentz and just main, name Nick Foles the starter <laughs> next year. Because what the hell no, are you talking about? What they need to do is just this every year. Let let Carson Wentz play until week 14 and then, and then bring in Nick Foles. He's the closer. Oh. So He's Mariano Rivera. Year. Just let him every come year. in and <laughs> deal every year, yeah. If Carson Wentz goes seven innings and then up, oh, time time to tap the arm, time to go to the bullpen. Uh, yeah, Breeze threw for three sixty three on only twenty two completions, had four touchdowns. Uh, they didn't even need Michael Thomas in that game. They made it, and this would be too easy to make the uh, the X factor. Uh, but they went to somebody named Traquan Smith, who went uh, ten catches for a buck fifty seven and a touchdown uh, against the Eagles. Uh, so yeah, what what better time for the new uh, for the New Orleans uh, pass coverage to start avenging that Stephon Diggs game than right here, right now versus the future Hall of Famer Nick Foles, uh, who has a, a sick rating on deep balls and these all these big wins when you count the the playoff run last year and uh, and and the games that he started this year in the regular season. Uh, they oh he's just awesome. He's he's Nick Foles. He's the magic man. He, everything okay. The Saints need really need to put this guy down because I'm about sick of it. Uh, you, you, and by the way, you think Drew Brees was watching Mitch Trubisky last week just smoke Avante Maddox over and over again with all these multi-double moves and pump fakes and just up and, and over and Allen Robinson just embarrassing you? You think you're going to see that a few times on Sunday? Uh, I think you are. So, uh, yeah, New Orleans, uh, big time for me. I'm certainly not jumping off him right now. Uh, thirty-nine to twenty-seven is my pick. Wow. Okay. Uh, I went thirty-four twenty-one, and I did some very simple math. I took that forty-eight to seven game, and said, okay, even on their worst day and the Eagles' best day, let's say they're each two touchdowns worse and better than that game. Boom. There is what you come up with. You still come up with thirty-four twenty-one. Uh, that's a that's a big drop for the Saints a two touchdown drop and I'm giving the Eagles two more touchdowns than they scored in the last game. They used to lose by 13. So yeah, biggest, biggest blowout of the week, 34, 21. I love the saints uh, in this matchup. I think uh, I, I have to agree with you. Um, I, you know, they've got the home field. This is what they've been all about. Sean Payton this week brought in the Lombardi trophy, armed guards and a fat stack of cash to show the players on the saints, the $200,000 in cash money, um, that they were that they all stand to earn as a playoff share, an equal playoff share. So you want to talk about mo- – and it's not motivation for Drew Brees or the top players, but no. think about your 51st guy on the special teams, right? Right. You're looking at that money. I mean, this is, this is almost like Vince McMahon bringing out the case of money. Remember? <laughs> when, when money had <laughs> That, that's sort of what it reminded me of. So I, I'm wondering if they played that. You know? It's all about the money. It's all about the money. So what was the money theme? Wasn't it like just money? It was just like money. Money, 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 um, and like I said, that, that's not a motivational tool for, for Drew Brees or Alvin Kamara or any of the any of these top players who are going to be out there making a huge impact. But I think that could be a, a big factor for for you know backup players or special team guys. And I think they could get them fired up. I think they're loose. I think they're ready. I 
don't I think of the bye week teams, this is probably the team who gets the least hurt. I, I don't think Drew Brees is gonna come out rusty. No. You know, Drew Brees could probably throw for 140 yards and they'll score 40 points because that seems to be what the what the Saints do. It's probably the reason why I think he won't win MVP is because the Saints have rolled this year completely. Um, Drew Brees has done nothing. It, 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 Drew Brees has completely disappeared for complete games and nobody faults him for it because they just didn't need him. They didn't need the passing game. Um, so, I, I, I yeah, I, if the Eagles pull this off, man... Yeah. No, I I watched quite a few of those Saints games in the second half of the year, and they purposely uh, ball controlled and and emphasized the run game and downgraded the passing game just to make sure they had balance, uh, to make sure that they were going into the playoffs with with some form of balance. Uh, The halftime or the second half of the season trends is that their running offense went up four-tenths of a yard over the last eight games, which is a lot and the passing offense dropped five-tenths of a yard because they were purposely emphasizing the run and, and trying to control the clock. Yeah, so I I completely think that they're, they're probably the most complete team still left in the NFC. Um, sadly, the most complete team left in the AFC is the Chargers, who we both have losing. Um, well, that's because we're not playing this in Madden. <laughs> we're, we're playing, you know, we're, we're playing this in, we're playing this in the real pros. But yeah, I, I again, if the if the Eagles stun the world and somehow find a way to beat the Saints and win this game, man, I don't know what you do. I don't know what you do at this point. If the Eagles beat the Saints, they're going to the Super Bowl. Nobody wants to hear that. There's no yeah, way the Dallas isn't beating them and the Rams aren't beating them. No way. No way the Eagles are going into New Orleans beating the number one seed, the clearly the best team, the most you know best team offensively, respectable defensively. Um, you know, and, and has so many ways of coming at you with all the crazy stuff and the trick plays and all the things that Sean Payton's going to come up with that he's had two weeks to plan for. I don't think he cared who they were going to play in this game. Um, they're they're going to roll out some crazy shit, which is exactly why my X Factor is going to be our favorite crazy play guy, Taysom Hill. <laughs> he's the ultimate the- X Factor. He's gonna. There's gonna be some Taysom Hill shenanigans in this game. Whether it's gonna be on a on a on a fake field goal or on a kick return or a punt return or lining them up wide and then sprinting them into the backfield to have them, you know, throw the ball. I mean, you, you know, Doug Peterson can have the the Philly special. Sean Payton runs that type of stuff like three times a game. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm looking for our, our favorite X-Factor, the guy who's – I mean, that should be his position. You should just say XF. He doesn't have a position. He's listed as a quarterback, but he's truly just an X-Factor. And I'm I'm rolling with him in this one. I, I think Sean Payton, with the two weeks to wait, is going to have some, some really fun stuff lined up to keep the Eagles off guard. I don't know if he's going to – I don't even know if he's going to need to completely go into his bag of tricks. This should be the blowout of the weekend. Yeah, I definitely concur with that. Uh, yeah, if, if Philly wins, though, that's uh, incredible knocking off New Orleans. and that, But that's coming off of also already knocking off one of the uh, elite pass defenses last week with Chicago. Uh, if they're doing that and then coming back and beating the same. Technically, by the numbers, uh, it should be even easier to put up points in yardage this week because you're playing the Saints on that turf. Uh, as opposed to the Chicago Bears. I thought the Chicago Bears were just going to smother them, man. I just 
oh, that was that was just so heartbreaking. I, and and I, I didn't tell you this, but uh, my wife uh, just happens to hear all the the talk all last weekend about the uh, R. Kelly documentary on Lifetime. And after the the football, after you know four football games, and she's been having to watch football in the house for all weekend, she, uh, she finally commandeers the remote control. Okay, let's check into this R. Kelly thing and see what it's all about. And we sat there and wound up binge watching all six hours of the R. Kelly thing after the Bears game went off. So for the last four or five days. I have been walking around just dreaming and salivating of getting both Cody Parkey and R. Kelly in a room alone for five minutes. That's all I want out of life now. Just <laughs> please, if I get nothing else, I want them to in a room. I, all I need is five minutes. That's all I need, I swear. Uh, but, yeah, the, those uh, when I look at those uh, elite run, uh, pass defenses and now the, all the trending of, of uh, the last – few years of how they've been what's won championships and won the title and not this year because there was only two elite pass defenses going into the playoffs and they're both already gone and that's the Ravens and the Bears uh, and all I can say is you got to look at those uh, quarterbacks and young and making their first uh, playoff starts obviously Lamar Jackson was the reason Baltimore lost Trubisky wasn't necessarily the reason Chicago lost, but again, he had some throws that really were awful. And uh, if they were on target, maybe they have more points and, and wind up surviving the late Nick Foles onslaught. And, and we don't have to hear about this guy and, and put up with all this crap this week. But anyway, yeah. uh, you, you don't want to dance on the grave of the bears anymore, but do you know who the happiest person other than Eagles and uh, the Eagle players and fans are that the bears lost that game? Oh boy, John Gruden. Yeah, I, that's a oh my god. The narrative of well, Golden T caught this one important ball for a touchdown. Therefore, it makes the John Gruden moves all worth it. it that that trade was completely worth it. What? No, it it, it wasn't that. The, it wasn't that. It was he's got to be the draft pick doesn't keep sinking on him. <laughs> You know, when he traded Khalil Mack to the Bears, he probably figured, oh, I'm getting a top 10 pick. And, and, and then the Bears win 12 games. And, you know, if they had kept progressing in the playoffs, like the Cowboys are progressing in the playoffs, it would, it would have been funny if all of a sudden he, he trades away to his two best players for all these first-round picks, and he ends up picking at, like, 28 and 29. Right. I'm forgetting so, that the Bears – bounced in the first round he's you know at least he's gonna still be picking around 22 or 23 <laughs> i keep forgetting the playoff seating uh the, the that the draft seating, uh, does go with the playoffs the, yeah. the that aren't in the playoffs those are set because they're already finished but playoff teams this right. actually does continue so the, farther you go into the, the further you go into the playoffs the worse your draft pick gets so yeah john gruden jumping up and down for joy he he got a better pick because the bears lost to the eagles Right. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, there, there was uh talk about the golden Tate trade by Detroit being worth it. And, and, and I, I forget what they, uh, what they got there, but I was, I, I still maintain that they had a, at least a shot at contending if they, you know, hold on to their team and hold on to their veteran receiver. Cause after he left, they had nothing. Uh, oh, like, the, maybe the they, line. oh man. Yeah. 
that was bad. They would have finished ahead of the Packers. They would have made my my prediction come true of the Packers being in last place. Yeah, but I mean, that's enough, was... that was that was one of that was just a, I mean that Matt Patricia hire that was just begin with I mean it didn't make sense when it happened and it, it doesn't it still doesn't make any sense the, I think the I mean the Lions are probably again the last place team in the NFC North next year I can I can see that uh, my X factor by the way for this game uh, going back to the PFF podcast that they were pointing out that. The Philly front seven uh, of all the front sevens in the league is ranked number one by pro football focus led by that veteran defensive line. Uh, the New Orleans uh, offensive line is ranked second best in the NFL. They're only allowing 7.7 pressures per game. So New Orleans offensive line going against the Philly front seven. The the New Orleans O-line is my number one, is, is my X factor. The entire New Orleans offensive line, they need to step up and protect Drew Brees and make sure that uh, such a toxin company doesn't come wreck shit. Because if they mess up Drew Brees in this timing, Eagles, unfortunately, uh, they might have a chance. And Lord knows we don't want to see that. No. Hey, perfect timing. Yep. More on our after show when we come back. We managed to we managed to make four picks in two hours. <laughs> Stretched it all the way out. I wasn't trying to do that either, but that's, that's how it worked. More importantly, both of our connections held up the entire fucking show. That's uh, actually you, uh, you were you were a little sketchy time or two, but it never oh, was, I was breaking uh, up. But it was yeah, but it was never so bad where it was worth mentioning. Okay, well that's that's I'll take it. At least we didn't get the and get completely cut off. So. Yeah, no, we actually made it through a whole show, mostly mostly trouble free, which is good. Yeah, you had you had a couple of a lot of breakups early first half hour of the show. You break broke up a few times, and then and then it would just all of a sudden be random. It would just once or twice after that, and just sort of randomly cut in and out a little bit, but not too bad. I don't know what's about that. I got the the connection. I think is secure, and the, the microphone is just in the same place it always is. And I'm the same distance away from it that I always am. So I, I don't know. I don't know what else to do. Yeah. No, we were good. Good show. Yeah. So yeah, you've had a, a rough week in the house. Yeah, I actually my right requested for the show to be at nine so that I could get out at 11 and get to bed. And cause I got to get up at six tomorrow and, you know, get to work and, uh, got to get through the next, got got just got to get through the weekend. And then I got a couple of days off. So, you know, and then my wife's home with the kids this weekend, trying to try to get, got to try and get those kids better. You know, my daughter had her, she missed, uh, she was so sad cause she wanted her perfect attendance this year. And that got mm-hmm. wrecked. Um, by being well, you can't send a kid to school with 103 fever. That's a bad idea. No, it's a real bad idea. You know, and you know, and poor little you know uh, Grant last Saturday, last week Saturday night. You know, my wife uh, goes to take his temperature. He's like 106. Mm. So he got taken to the emergency room. They didn't do anything. Uh, it's a virus. He'll be fine. Okay. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's hard. That's hardcore there, man. Yeah, well, by the time he got there, his fever had come way down to 103. No. You know, but yeah, no, I remember I, I came down, uh, he was so hot. His fever was so high, you could actually feel him from, like, you could feel the heat coming off of him from, like, feet away. 
Holy cow. So if you can imagine, like, somebody's body heat is so high that you get yeah. down and you're, like, three feet away from them and you can actually feel the heat coming off of somebody. That that was something. Uh, so that was, that was uh, you know, that was uh, night. So that was probably 930, 10 o'clock at night. So that's, you know, the whole the whole house is sort of, you know, everybody's up. My daughter's up because she's worried about her little brother. And, yeah, so that was, it wasn't fun. It wasn't a, wasn't a fun week here at the house, so. Hopefully the weekend everybody gets right and does all, takes all their vitamins and does all their does all the treatments they're supposed to be uh, taken for their for their stuff and you know everybody can be feeling good going into next week and hopefully hopefully I get my one win over you this weekend hopefully you know no just knowing that you have the Chiefs just makes me hmm. feel so good again one more time at least you you, 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 want, you should be playing the Elvis music for that. I mean that is. <laughs> I got you and the Chiefs again. You and the Chiefs, you just keep falling for the Chiefs. <laughs> We're caught in a trap. I can't walk out. I, I can't quit the Chiefs. I don't, I don't know what it is. It's, I can't do it. And you know, if the Colts cover tomorrow, you're just going to shake your head and be like, well, of course they did. Yeah, yeah. It's all right. Nothing I can do. That's my season, uh, for the most part, is writing on that. You know, I win that pick, and all the options are in play for me. I lose that pick. I need a lot of help. You know, I lose that pick. I pretty much have to go against you the rest of the I need you to lose out if I lose that pick tomorrow. It's still amazing, though, what you've done to even get to this spot, to just come right out and take the first four games uh, last week of the, of the wild card weekend and just make that sweep and put yourself in position. That, that was, that was quite impressive. Oh yeah. You got to make it exciting. You can't just go down I, like a dog, you know, the, the uh, Chargers uh, Ravens game. Point, I, point, I wasn't, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what though, that, that point from locks really would have been helpful right now. Oh, I'm sure. So, so huge to be at 6.6 versus uh, 7.6 because then even if I lost that pick um, tomorrow I'm at 9.6 that still would have put me in a tough spot but it'd feel so much better <laughs> yeah, the, the Ravens and Chargers game I wasn't watching that one live I that watched was one that one that was... I watched that one because I was texting you on that one Right. Yeah, I was out at uh, with my wife at Costco. Ooh, and, fun! Uh, I like Costco. <laughs> but I, yeah, I when, I, when I sent you when I sent you Lamar Jackson's stat line, I had to go back and look at it. End of the third quarter, he <laughs> had twenty-five yards passing and a two-point-eight quarterback rating. Now, if Tom Brady has that at the end of the third quarter tomorrow, uh, Chargers are going to the Super Bowl. <laughs> Chargers are gonna win the Chargers are gonna win the Super Bowl anyway. I already told you the stat. Oh, um, because stats can't lie, right? Of course. But no, I uh, I had my bear sweater on out at Costco, and some other guy had a bear shirt oh. on, and I was bonding with him like, "Yeah, come on, let's go Bears." And he's like, "Yeah, I hope so, man. I hope so." So yeah, two <laughs> Bears fans in the middle of Costco in Memphis, Tennessee, trying to their team on later on and it, it, I was feeling confident. I was walking through the store with some confidence. I, I, that's how good I felt going in last Sunday that I thought the Bears I, I woke up thinking this is 
Bears day. This is the time for the Bears to go win and take this first, this first playoff game and, and start their journey, man, because it's Nick Foles and he's hurt and he's playing Khalil Mack. We, we got this. We got this. <sighs> You're playing the sixth seed. Uh, you would have had your ticket punched for L.A. Uh, this would have been Bears-Rams today or tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I would have went with the Bears in that one, too, because the Rams do not impress me. They just don't. Yeah, I I want to say probably the team we crapped all over the most uh, on this show today. And they earned it the way they've been playing. They've been really bad. Yeah, that's a a pretty awful two-seed, huh? I, uh, I don't know what happened to them in the second half of the season. They just they, they didn't they just stopped playing well. <laughs> Can't explain it. And if they rebound after two weeks off and play great and go on to the NFC title game, that, that's not surprising. That they were yeah. I mean, maybe so they were just great. tired, right? Maybe they just needed to rest and get refocused. And we'll maybe see. Tired. They mentally maybe fried, just kind of waiting for the the playoffs to come back after the flame out last year. Maybe they're, they're bored by the regular season. They just want to get to the playoffs and redeem oh, man, themselves. That, that division was sewn up. Right. So that was over. Yeah, the different explanations possibly. Uh, you go. I uh, don't know if you had remembered or wrote down uh, what you were, you you were guessing what the uh, class of 2019 Rock and Roll Hall of Fame was going to look like, and uh, those results have uh, indeed come out. Oh, okay. Uh, I, I don't know if you had that uh, anywhere nearby. I think you got most of these, but definitely not all. Uh, the one that I'm pretty sure you did not say was going to make it uh, was Roxy Music, and I have to say I'm completely wholly unfamiliar with Roxy Music, but Roxy Music is one of the inductees uh, into the Hall of Fame. Okay. Um, I don't know. Oh, I don't think I wrote this down. Damn uh, it. Well, that's okay. That's okay. Um, and they, I, I don't know exactly how what, what the limit is. I thought it was usually five every year, but uh, I'm counting seven. So there's more, uh, uh, more room for, for error and more room to put people in than uh, initially thought. There are actually seven uh, inductees that have made this year out of the list that I was reading. So remember, if you got the cure, but I think you had, I think you may have the cure on there that you did make. I'm pretty sure you had Def Leppard on there. They made it. Oh, yeah. I remember you sort of debating yourself about Janet Jackson, that that sort of a maybe, probably, but I'm not completely sure. But yeah, Janet made it. Um, I believe you said Stevie Nicks was going to make it in there, and uh, and she didn't make it. Uh, Radiohead was going to get in. I remember you had all of famers. No, I I did have Radiohead going in. I actually I was one of the ones I was like not very, you know, ambivalent about. And you were like, well, okay, <laughs> right. Well, you know, coming from my background, I'm pretty unfamiliar with Radiohead as well. But I not they've got a, a pretty uh, following and a respect in the music. Um, so rock make think you had the okay. zombies. Uh, yeah, you know, that, that, that must be like the Veterans Committee or something. 
<laughs> perhaps. So, but, but there okay. are just seven inductees for the uh, Rock. I was, I was pretty. I, I think I was fairly accurate. Yeah, yeah, pretty, pretty spot on, I believe. All right. Uh, Still would love to know the, uh, you know, how to come up with these nominees and who voting stuff and, and uh, it's still a lot of uh still a lot of question marks in my head when I look at the list of guys that didn't make it and you know the the Rufus and Shaka Khan and John Prine and LL Cool J and all the and I'm like I don't know if I know them any better than Roxy Music or the Zombies I don't know what makes one worthy and the other not I, I really don't know but you know, maybe next year for all those guys. Yeah, there's always next year, right? Yeah. We don't know if this is like baseball. If you don't get a certain percentage of the vote, you just fall right off the ballot. Get out I, of here. I don't know. I, <laughs> no, we were. I was reading about some of those nominees that some of them like were nominated three years ago and didn't make and weren't nominated three years, but they got nominated this year. So who knows? Oh. I, I, I have no idea. You know, sometimes maybe it's just a weak class, or I—I I have no idea. I, I honestly, it's just—it's something that we we talk about that's fun because it gets you a little nostalgia. But it—it it, it seems like of the Hall of Fames that we talk about that they're the most fast and loose with with things. Yeah, I'm actually almost as fascinated with what that's going to look like, like 20 years from now, than I am with yeah. what it looks like right now. Like the the class of twenty thirty nine Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, if we're still around to talk about it, it, it I, I really want to know who that's making music today is going to get nominated for the Rock and Roll. Your your favorite girl Taylor Swift, I'm I'm, I'm sure is going to be up there. Oh God! And Justin Bieber is probably going to be up there too. Just people who aren't necessarily uh, good musicians, but made a lot of records and stuck around God, a long time are, are going to be up. They have a talentless hack Hall of Fame. She's a first <laughs> talent Hall of Famer. That's your girl. I know you love some Taylor Swift. Oh, like a talentless <laughs> hack. Or <laughs> like the Kelly, only word Kelly Clarkson's going to be up there. Or, you know, Lady Gaga. You know I, I don't... I'll tell you what, both of them deserve it more than Taylor Swift. <laughs> both of them. Uh, I know I could get you rolling with some some Taylor yeah. Swift. No, I I, I need to, on that. I believe I am going to <laughs> end my end my appearance on the show and uh, get to bed so I can get you know I, I can still get a respectable amount of sleep. I figure you know I lay down, put on the headphones, drift off in about half hour. I can still get six six and a half hours sleep. Actually, one of the reasons I will actually say that I made it through the show mostly problem free tonight is I did something I never do before the show. I took a nap. Oh, there you go. I ate dinner and I felt so lousy after I ate dinner. I was told my wife and the kids, I was just like, I'm just going, I'm just going to go upstairs and I'm going to lay down. And I laid down up in the bed from about six until about a quarter to eight. And, uh, it did a, it did a lot of, a lot of, a lot of help. Like when I, when I actually got up from laying down for, you know, that hour and a half, I felt so much better. Uh, than before I laid down. I think that's helping me uh, make it through the show here tonight. So nap before the show should be on my to-do list. I'm sure that would do me a lot of good too if I had the opportunity. I wasn't ready yeah. yet. I was work. I was working on these picks all the way up to the start of the show, so I couldn't do that. What really, what really helped me was uh, 
being able to do the show at nine. I don't know how I would have felt if I had worked all day feeling like this and then got home and did a 10 o'clock show tonight. So I'm glad we were able to work nine o'clock in Um, next week. I believe we can go to Saturday night Mm -hmm. because we do not have any more Saturday football games now. That's right. That's crazy. Next week we have conference finals. Then we have honors and dishonors and then we have the Super Bowl. Yeah, it's all coming down. I mean, and, and it's coming quick. Not not too long after the Super Bowl, we'll be doing the honor show. We'll be starting the off season. Oh my gosh, yeah, yeah. honors and dishonors. Uh, it's one of my favorite shows. Actually, one of the shows I work for. <laughs> <laughs> yes, very much looking forward to uh, to giving out the, the honors and dishonors to those who richly deserve them. Thank you. So yeah, that'll be a fun, that's always a fun one because uh, that's our chance to sort of look look back on the year and you know we and we don't and we don't hide things uh, from the playoffs. We 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 don't uh, we don't have the the rigidity of the rules to stop us from picking something that happens in the playoffs. Um, I think last year when I played play of the year pretty easily was that Stefan Diggs play. Oh. I mean yeah, how could it not be? There really was no other contender after that. You talk about as, as big as the stakes can possibly get, and, and he just goes and makes a play, and poor Marcus Williams is still looking for him. Uh, yeah, I have it right here, 2017 honors and dishonors. Best play, uh, Stephon Diggs, 64-yard touchdown catch <laughs> versus Saints in the divisional round. There you go. That was easy. And this weekend may produce a, a play of the year. There's – a lot of action, a lot of dynamic teams, a lot of a uh, lot of great football still to come in these last in, in, the, in these next four games and the two games next weekend. I, I got a feeling no matter what the matchups are going to be for those two conference titles games, uh, that they're both going to be just balls to the wall, excellent football. And last year, I believe uh, I also renamed the Houston Texans Memorial Award uh, the Jimmy Garoppolo team. Oh my gosh, the, the hype! off the chain so, yeah so i actually uh, renamed i'm looking back at last year so i we no long i no longer had the houston texans memorial uh pick preseason chic pick to make the playoffs it just became the jimmy garoppolo award <laughs> so much more concise and so much rolls off the tongue a lot better like you know and it was oh, yeah. and that was it, it was just it was so funny um because we both knew it was all fool's gold. That's oh, why yeah. we re- that's why we named the award. That's why I did that was because we were basically saying like, yeah, it's totally not deserved. Like you're going to be, somebody's going to be so hot for one of these teams that looked good late that they're going to be all over them. But that's the whole point of the award is it's like the, it's the, it's the white mouse team. It's the, don't you believe it team, <laughs> you know? Oh, uh. No, I, I agree. The, he reinvented the hype with, with Jimmy Garoppolo and all of that from last year. That was that was a new level of hype that we'd never seen before. So he, he earned that uh, renaming of that award. So, all right. Uh, good show. Good luck on three of your four picks this weekend. <laughs> three you agree with me on anyways. It doesn't really matter. I mean, at this point, we're not really, you know, the, it, agreeing on games means nothing right now. Right, and so just the only them. thing 
The only thing we have on the line for these picks, by the way, for anyone listening, is we don't wager money on this. Uh, We really had nothing on the line for years and years and years. It's complete bragging rights. But uh, now the one thing that we do have on the line is the winner of the season after the playoffs is over gets to choose uh, whatever free theme music that they can scrounge up uh, for the show next season. Right. If you don't like the theme music, last couple of years, blame me because I've been winning the contest the last few years and I've been picking the music. So if Jason can pull a miraculous comeback and win, then you get to pick the theme music for next year. So that's pretty much all we play for. It would be something if I, if I somehow pulled this off, I just got to say it. No, it would be an all timer. Absolutely. All right. So I'm, 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 I feel good with Andrew Luck and the, and the Colts. I just got to say, knowing that you have Andy Reid and the chiefs, yeah, I'm just gonna go get a brown paper bag and, and hold my breath and, and get some oxygen going. All right, <laughs> especially if it's a bad cover, especially if it's you know like a garbage timer, you know, or something. I, even a push helps me here. So I gotta say, I, I, I mean, oh, we, yeah, because that's a straight five. So I, I'm completely okay with you know. Denying me the, the three points. Yeah, I'm okay with twenty four nineteen or something like that. Yeah, just those points don't change. It keeps me at seven point six, and that actually so a push helps me. Um, mm-hmm. so push or a win, I am is what I need. So I, I love the win because the win really makes it interesting. But uh, a push doesn't really uh, hurt me, but the loss pretty much cripples me. So. We'll see. Well, good luck to you, and I guess we'll I'll talk to you next Saturday night. There you go. You uh, that uh, do you work Saturdays? Uh, do you need uh, ten o'clock for that, or no? Is we, nine okay. Definitely nine o'clock Saturday works just fine. All right, there you go. Nine o'clock Central Time, ten o'clock Eastern next Saturday night to recap these uh, divisional round games and to see if I was able to get that one game over tomorrow as the Chiefs hopefully take care of the Colts or if he gets that on me and makes things even tighter. All right, everybody, enjoy your playoff football, your divisional round football this weekend, your conference semifinals, however you want to call it. He's Jay. I'm Dre. This has been In Much Less Detail, the podcast. Thank all you crazy people for listening to our big, long two-and-a-half-hour football party and we will talk to you saturday night 9 p.m central 10 p.m eastern to pick the conference finals in the nfl coming down to the wire talk to you next saturday